0: previously on Martini Giant.
1: Uh, Maybe hand. (laughs) Could be, could be hand.
0: Okay, Okay, there you go.
1: Is this better now? (laughs) Yeah, where was it? It's because the microphone is literally in my beard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 50, which is a very exciting number, halfway to 100. Uh, Very cool episode. This uh, this is actually one of my picks, uh, and I decided to pair two very interesting films. The uh, first one is the 1966 uh, Jean-Luc Godard film Masculin Féminin. And the next film is 1988 John Waters' Hairspray. And a lot of people are more familiar with the second film. Uh, you might think that these are very different films, and they are, uh, but they have a huge amount of similarities. First of all they're, all, they're both very political, and they deal with it in different ways, including... Humor, which both of them have humor, but in very different ways. Uh, they both represent the same period of time, even though the 1988 film uh, was, or the film was, uh, Hairspray was done in 88. It actually represents the early 60s in the United States, and that is also, and uh, uh, the Musculine Feminin takes place in the 60s in France. So both dealing with uh, some stuff going on in the 60s in uh, two different big cities, well, well, one big city, uh, Paris, and the other one in Baltimore. Uh, I thought it was a great pairing, really fun to do that, and uh, I think it's actually relevant to a lot of things that's going on today, so um, I'm pretty pleased with this pairing, uh, gotta say. Uh, I thought it was fun. A lot of fun to talk about it with uh, uh, Eric and Dan. When you have an idea in your head and you can't really quite figure out what's cool about it, uh, having friends like Eric and Dan uh, talk you through it and make it happen was really cool. So I appreciate having them around to help me with that. Uh, they're a great guys. Uh, and I'm really proud to have done already 50 episodes and hopefully to do a lot more. Speaking of new things that we've, uh, tried to do together, we are actually trying to start a Twitch channel, uh, the Martini giant Twitch channel. Uh, and we've been experimenting with it. We haven't done anything on it yet because we are still thumbling around trying to see how we can get movies to work and all of us at the same time in Twitch. Uh, we think we figured out something, but we'll get to that point soon. Uh, But basically, we're experimenting with it, and we're going to go ahead and try to to make that happen. Uh, So... Uh, I would recommend if you guys have a Twitch account and you want to follow us, follow us. We don't have anything on there yet, but when we do, you'll know it. And that way you'll be able to join as part of our Twitch stuff when we get started on it. So don't forget, follow us on Twitch. And if you want to follow us on any other networks, you can. We are on Facebook, obviously, as you guys know, which is facebook.com slash martini giant. We are on Instagram at martini underscore giant. We are on Twitter at martini giant. And of course, if you have ideas for movies you'd like to hear us, you can always email us, podcast at martinigiant.com. We appreciate it. That being said, uh, please enjoy this really cool episode. "Masculin Feminin," 1966, Jean-Luc Godard, and Hairspray, 1988, John Waters.
1: Enjoy.
2: (laughs) This is not (laughs) true. Everyone
1: obviously has... uh Oh, we're recording.
3: we're recording. We're recording. We started twelve yes. minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Chris.
1: <laughs> we have new. And now we're just getting to talking about movies. Here we are, movies. We love them.
3: Movies.
2: <laughs>
3: yep. Oh, by the way, before <laughs> yeah. we go, I'm going to do a little ADD moment. Um, we would expect nothing less. ADD, attention deficit disorder. Um. <laughs> uh, I saw the master.
1: Oh, yeah, Paul uh, Anderson's film.
3: Yeah, it was one of those films that slipped under my radar, and I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I can't tell you how beautiful that movie is. I mean – yeah,
1: That's a powerhouse, it, sure.
3: My God, yeah. just the stillness of it. You're like, yeah. oh, my God. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is, was so brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's large and in charge in that picture, boy. Oh, it's my God. Yeah, they, that's, that's one of those movies that really makes you realize what we lost when, when uh, we lost that guy.
3: Yes, And you know his son now is going to be in Thomas Sanderson's new film. Oh, that's great! Yeah, his
2: uh,
3: youngest son is Mm -hmm. now twenty something, and so he's in the new one now with one of the Safdie brothers and Brad.
1: um, Oh yeah, this is about um, seventies. Yeah, the seventies in Hollywood. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see the uh, that uh, the Safdie brother uh, who is in it. In action, he's He's an awesome actor. Yeah, incredible actor
2: yeah
3: fantastic
1: yeah that's good stuff i um i still have not seen phantom thread
3: love it i is, saw uh, it
1: twice it's great I, uh i expected it to be great of course i
3: loved it and i just was like man and i saw it hi chashu i saw hey, it chashu. i was and i was like i can't believe i let this go and i put it on the other night and it just was so beautiful i was just like speechless like my god those moments yeah. And Joaquin just captures, he's just distinct, yeah. just watching. The two of them him.
1: together is really something to see. That's when like watching an All-Stars team. Yeah,
3: yeah, when they were in prison and he's going crazy and he's yeah. in the next, in the next uh, cell, it yeah. was like, yeah, we re-lost something quite beautiful. It makes you angry, though. It's like how he just drifted into that road of...
1: The heroin, I believe, was the issue. Yes. Yes, yeah. that is a sad thing a uh, sad thing um but yeah no the uh, uh yeah like I was knocked out by the photography in particular when you're doing things that like i, I think that's a fairly i may be wrong, but it's a fairly heavily improvised movie uh that's like crazy. they had, and uh, because they wanted to give them as much you know uh room to go as they possibly could, but to see like something that's that improvy yet photographed so uh confidently. It's really yeah. rare. You know, usually when you get improv, you get like kind of hashy, handheld photography. And this thing looks like it's, you know, it's up right up there with the, the thin red line or something like that. Like it's yeah. absolute, you know, masterwork. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, to see those guys go at it is just, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. But I do have to catch up on Phantom Thread. And, now, and this, he's one of these guys that's just somehow getting away from, like I'm, like I, I there is rarely do I let uh filmmakers I love get away with making a movie that I don't see but like he's getting into that realm for me for some reason I'm not sure why it's like I have uh you know people that I read uh like Neil Stevenson for instance I like Hmm. Neil Stevenson books um and like he'll put out a thousand page you know novel and I'm in the middle of reading it and while I am reading it he writes two more thousand page novels and I'm like this is like you know uh the the tortoise and the hare i'm never gonna catch up to this dude <laughs> like it's getting uh, it's getting embarrassing but, uh, how is no, your reading going how, how is my reading going yeah i love reading i'm a reader oh yeah i'm a big reader i'm I, a slow I, are we gonna talk reader. about this
3: movie or no, yeah. no, no, no i i told talking. you i'm doing the david bowie thing where i'm reading his hundred favorite books
1: oh that's great
3: so that's great. i got his bowie's 100 favorite books and I'm uh, reading Lolita right now. I've read it before, but I'm just oh, spectacular. doing all his books. And He has a book somebody wrote a couple years ago, about his favorite, 100 favorite books.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, no, it's so
3: going down by the list.
1: Have you uh, have you ever read um, uh, by uh, Nabokov, Pale um, Fire?
3: No, but my, it's my father's favorite book.
1: You would love <laughs> Pale Fire. Palefire, like, way more than Lilith. Lilith is really good, yes. but Palefire is like a, that's like a punch in the face. Good. Uh, okay, Good book. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really like, that's something that's gonna, that's like when you read something that's perfect and everything else you read for, like, a year after that, you just, like, you're like, eh, it's not Palefire. <laughs> it's, it's funny, because really, really I something.
3: grabbed the books from, my father has a place down here as well, mm-hmm. and I go over to his house, and he's got a huge library, and it's like Cold Blood or Lolita. They're all like first editions.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I was yeah. just like,
3: wow, I think this is, like, I can't take this one.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's, it's first edition. It's just uh, like from 1950-something uh, with, yeah, like, meppard skin, you know, cover, inset. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I'm going to leave it here. I think it's like yeah. $800 a facility. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. That's another one I love in cold blood. True McFuddy, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that guy.
3: Yeah. My mom's like, Oh, take it. And I took it home. It's upstairs. I'm like, wait a minute. This is first edition. Yeah. It's like five, $600. So I'm going to take it back. You just get yeah. a cheaper one. I don't want to rip the cover, but it's definitely, uh, it's kind of interesting to see like to read the book. Cause it, it says, you know, what book influenced and I'll send you the list if you want to see it. Got oh, that's it. it. Yeah. Um, what influenced what songs and albums. So, oh, that's awesome. yeah. and, um, so it's pretty interesting to read it and at the breakdown. And then when you read the book, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and that's then, amazing.
1: Yeah, I I'm always now. looking for, uh, I love seeing uh, the, the stuff uh, that uh, artists I love, love. Like that's always very exciting to me. So.
3: And he was a voluminous reader. He had carried trunks around full that's of great. books.
1: That's the way to spend your time when you're on the road right there. I think that's uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, like I've been because uh, I always I have different books for different sections of the house. Yeah. Uh, and so, like in, in like the living room, I'll be reading one thing, and then you know I'll have uh, like a whole I have entire different bathroom selection and bedroom selection and all that that's kind like of
3: stuff. It's like me with sketchbooks in each room. Yeah, that's, that's it's
1: it's a good habit. It's a good habit. Uh, my midnight reading right now is uh, uh, Paul F. Wilson's The Keep. Which is uh, the basis for the Michael Mann movie of uh, the same name, nineteen eighty three, I think. Which is probably Michael Mann's worst movie, but one of my favorite Michael Mann movies, and that's the Nazi one, the one with Gabriel Byrne and the monster, the the weird glowing eyed meat monster. You ever wow. seen this? We have to. I I think we're gonna have to do a special Martini Giant episode on the Keep. Like I. Love this movie. uh, I'll be I'm going to I'm going to pitch this Halloween double feature. The Keep. And have you seen Wolfen?
3: I heard of. Okay,
1: that's uh, from around about the same period. Albert Finney werewolf movie. My favorite werewolf movie of all time. So Michael Mann meat monster movie with Nazis Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, Wolfen, the werewolf movie Uh, within a year of each other, I believe. Totally incredible unseen horror movies from the eighties. Wolfen with um, uh, Gregory Hines and uh, yeah, oh man, he's terrific, terrific. I, I wish that Gregory Hines had acted more. He
3: passed away.
1: He did. Yeah, he was a wonderful, wonderful actor, incredible dancer, obviously, but a tremendous actor. And uh, yeah, you see him in um, running so good scared, in, history the history the, he's <laughs> in history of the world. History. <laughs> yeah. He's hysterical in history of the world. He's good. Ethiopian sand dance, yeah, like the, like he, <laughs> he's awesome in e- that. E-
0: yeah, uh, yeah, sand dance, that's right.
1: Yeah. and uh, and he's great in uh, Running Scared with uh, Billy that's Christopher,
2: right. which is that's uh, he's
1: the- hilarious, uh, and he's very good in Wolfen, from is excellent. But well, Wolfen also has like a lot. Well, the reason why it makes a great pairing with Michael Mann is because it has like like Did, at least wasn't five he also or six in
0: in, uh, in uh, White Knights.
1: Yeah, yeah, with uh, Mikhail Brashnikov. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not a great movie, but lots of great dancing. Uh, watching those guys dance together, I saw that like five times. I was I was big into ballet when I was young, and uh, I was a big Baryshnikov and uh, Twyla Tharp fan, and all that stuff. Wow! And uh, yeah, and and I went to go see White Nights. Yeah, I don't know how many times. Loved it. But uh, but yeah, no, The Keep and Wolfen Wolfen shares a lot of uh, has a lot of uh, Michael Mann. Uh, B cast members like uh, uh, Diane Venora and people like that. And so it feels like a Michael Mann movie anyway, even though it is not. Guys, That's
0: we're 2022 20, minutes. in. Hey, man. We haven't even started to talk about anything that well, is involving or Well, then, the then may I invite
1: about. you? May I ask I mean, you then, how is fly fishing going?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> you cannot ask that question.
1: We gotta get go, we get all this up done at the beginning of the podcast, but then, right then, then we'll then,
0: be like two and a half hours in. Oh, no, people are gonna start make, They're, they're
1: gonna be they're gonna be so excited when we actually get to the movies that we are, are here to talk about. You know, it's gonna yeah. be nice after like after hearing our. Uh, Don't our worry, I'll bring up fly
0: fishing some other like in the podcast, but we'll, we'll I want to at least get started on the subject matter.
1: We did talk <laughs> about a fly, a fly fishing movie, uh, Double Feature, right? Like there's, we're just looking for the other fly fishing movie outside.
0: And a river runs through It's not
3: that great a movie.
1: Really yeah, it's exactly. okay. It's good. I'm a horse whisperer guy. Actually, if you're going to go with Redford's directorial uh, efforts and ordinary people. Very good. I sent
3: that to you. Do you guys get it? Which, Which one? one? A link. Do you even get links in this?
1: Did you no, send some sort oh, of? You sent, oh, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Here we are. There
3: it, you not?
1: go. Oh, there oh. we go. Yeah. Bowie's top 100. I'm so excited about this right so, yeah, yeah. I'm so, definitely doing this all right
0: i'm gonna i'm i'm we'll i'm either it. gonna stop the podcast and we can start <laughs> over again <laughs> no, no 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 or this or cool. we can actually start talking about the the
3: movies
1: <laughs> all right all right Ray, okay, check that well, out, okay let's introduce these movies while i go over this amazing book list by david bowie <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though check it out at another time but isn't it yeah. fun
1: oh it's up i'm I'm. i'm gonna look it over very shortly Okay, yeah. now let's get responsible. And we're here to talk about movies. This is Martini Giant. Welcome, everybody.
3: Hey, hi, welcome.
1: We are uh, uh, so We're 23 we are. minutes into the
0: thing. That's fine. You
1: can, you can reach us at, at, um, uh, at MartiniGiant on uh, Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. a Martini underscore Giant on Instagram. Yep. And you can, um, you can get in touch with us on Facebook, and Martini Giant on Facebook. Uh, yep. Or you can email us at, at podcast at martinigiant.com. Uh, there you go.
3: Wow! See, got it all out, got it all out. My personal phone number,
1: by the way, is, yes, there we are. (laughs) So I'm excited. I just had a whole bunch of coffee and I'm ready to talk super fast. What are we watching today?
0: Well, it was, what got me into it was that I was like, I was looking at, um, I was browsing through Criterion and they had a a section on, on uh, French new wave. Right. And Mm -hmm. I was like, and there's, Certain French new wave that I really like, and had my favorite French new wave film, which is Masculin um, uh, Feminin by Godard, right? Right. So, have you guys seen it before? You've seen it. I know, Dan, you've seen it before.
1: Yes, I'm a huge Godard fan.
0: You've never seen that film? No. Um, so I saw it and I was like, I saw them listed and it goes like, Oh my God, I love that movie. I love that movie. I was like, but I gotta, I gotta come up with a good pairing, like a really good one. And, um, and I, I, I think I came up, I was, it was a toss up actually between two different John Waters films. It was either going to be cry baby or hairspray. (laughs) But but then I think I, I chose hairspray one because it's a little bit, it's more popular than cry baby. Uh, but, then when I and then when I thought I'm really glad I did because there's a, obviously a lot of similarities between these two movies.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're both very political movies. Very yeah. political. Yeah, very uh,
0: and Hairspray, I watched it again last night, and I was like, oh, I kind of like it. Didn't kind of dawn on me like, oh, this is very relevant to today. No, it's super yeah. duper. Yeah. yeah it's okay. super Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it's yeah, like man, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I was like, oh yeah, I should I. That, so I think it's really like good To job.
1: clarify, we were, we were talking about the 1988 release of Hairspray. Do,
0: do not watch the 2007 re- remake. It's not yeah. what I'm well, talking it's, about.
1: Yeah, it's, which, is a, which is a musical. It's pretty good, it's, but it's based on the musical. It's produced by John Waters. It's good, but mm-hmm. the, the one where i laid my money on is the original 88 version, which is-
2: Written,
0: uh, written and directed
1: by- Written and directed by him, yeah.
0: And what's interesting about that one is also that was the first, quote unquote, mainstream film he did
1: yes yeah it was a crossover uh from very uh in very funny very weird very daring indie film
0: his and his films yeah because before that there was like polyester female trouble and stuff like that that was like what the fuck
1: yeah they're really disturbing yeah and they're fun like they're really trashy Mm -hmm. fun you know like john waters is, is a like I like I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm a, I'm a tremendous fan of his movies, but I really love him and I love what he means to indie film yeah. and his and his entire sort of uh, like he early on, you know, uh, there weren't too many examples in the in the mid 80s of what real indie film should be. And uh, like it didn't really hit until. Soderbergh did sex, uh, sexualizing videotape and then sort of exploded what, so indie film became like a very mainstream concept after that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but he was really pretty fringe and you know, you see things like polyester, like you're unprepared for the stuff you see in polyester.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, this is, this thing is way more likable, like sort of immediately likable. It's a crowd pleaser in a lot of yeah. ways, but it, um, but it has a, a, it still retains his sort of, strange gritty underground flavor uh even though the production budget is much much higher and it's a little bit safer of a watch and more broad of a watch right. i think that it 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 kept a lot of what made waters really really great so yeah i like this pairing a lot i think it's really interesting i think it
0: was in, it also kept a lot of his dialogue style and yeah. his humor
3: right right cuz I, yeah. I yeah i felt like for somebody I hadn't seen that in a while his material like in the 80s when it came out I saw his films right in New York and I look at it now and I was like my god every setup is like a musical yeah you know what I mean like they're outside going into the clothing store it's like okay let's go and it's like let's cut to a number and it was like wow those transitions are just made for musicals right and I didn't look at it that way back then and it just and now they have a musical hairspray which is very successful. But yep, it was right. like, of course, it's musicals.
1: Yeah, right. Well, it's it's a great point because like there's like it, there's a uh, like I I like I I like um the the kind of underground flavor of uh the, of early indies like you know uh like sixties and seventies indies like where it really feels like it might turn into porn at any second you know like that yeah. really like well, it's like.
0: His early ones definitely (laughs) did. Yeah.
1: And like there's a very dangerous quality to that. And it's uh, what I liked about this is like he manages to scale up really well. And like what you're saying, Eric, is like he starts like he handles doing this like very like um, a big Hollywood 1950s style um, uh, with a level of skill that he's never really put into his other movies. Like, yeah. he, really, uh, he really jumped it up really well.
0: Well, he did. Okay, so we, Karen and I were talking about this. So Hairspray was really, like, his first time he did it. And I was like, wow, look at that. And then, obviously, Crybaby was also very good. And I think that was after mm-hmm.
1: Hairspray. Yeah, that was after. It's
0: 1990. Uh, and then his, his most, his most high-budget but really cool John Waters one, not quite as, as awesome to me as Hairspray because, I don't know, but is uh, a Serial Mom. Yeah, so that's pretty fun. That's so fun. Yeah, it's
1: and it's, a, and it's a very. It's another one of his like. It's a very accessible movie. Like he right. started making very much more. You know, because like I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna recommend Pink Flamingos to people right off the bat. Like do you know, not like, watch Pink Flamingos. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no. No. like
0: or female trouble unless yeah. you're into you know weird lesbian porn stuff. But yeah, don't which watch hey, that. why not? Hey, but I mean, like yeah,
1: it's not something I'm going to recommend to somebody that I have that I don't know well
0: you
2: know uh-huh.
1: like otherwise they're going to make broad assumptions about the kinds of movies that I, uh, yeah. I enjoy and they'd be correct but uh, yeah. it would limit what I would uh, get to recommend them after that point
0: yeah the one and then we the one Cecil B demented was when he was that was the one that fell flat for me like it wasn't right. quite didn't land so well but then Pecker Pecker, oh, yeah, Pecker
1: was good yeah, w- yeah, was
0: really good and I think that one kind of fell under the radar a little bit yeah. didn't Pecker know that fell that. under the radar remember yeah. that
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's with uh, what's his name from. I want to say is it the T two kid? I can't remember.
0: Yes, it is. The T2 yeah, T2 yeah,
1: kid. I believe, so. I, believe yeah. so. I like Pecker. I thought it was pretty good. The, uh, Pecker the was really good. Yeah.
0: and then uh, what was the f- the other one that came out after Pecker? That was uh, oh yeah, it was weird. It was with Tracy Ullman and Johnny Knoxville about the the sex addicts. Oh that yeah, one. yeah,
1: yeah, right. Right, right, right. I remember
0: that one. That one was not, that was a little, that was, he was trying to shove too many things in there. It was like gag, 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 gag. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And it wasn't, it didn't actually have a story. Hairspray actually has a story.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's good. It's really good. And it's a,
0: it's a solid, funny story. Uh, well, it's a funny story about a serious matter. It's about integration, like yeah. segregation. <laughs> it's yeah, about...
1: And, and what's really great is the, all the serious stuff is slow to creep into it. But right. by the end of the movie, it's dominating the entire film. Right. Like the heavy issues, uh, like you didn't even know for the first 20 minutes how heavy this movie is going to get. And then right. by the end, it's like completely in that space.
0: But that's the thing that I think was so interesting about pairing with Muscunet After me now, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, this is a serious political film. Right, but then it turns out it's about goofy teenagers. <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: And it's like, wait a minute, what? And they're like, yeah, we think we're really serious, but no, we're we're just goofy teenagers. Wait, we're still
1: teenagers, essentially. Yeah, or we, yeah like, uh, like, yeah, the like, I think that with uh, like with John Waters, John Waters has always been sort of like there's there's automatically a political undertone to everything he does. Sure, right? of course. Um, but he himself like tries to. Like it's political just because of what he is showing you. you know, like it's just because of what it is. Right. Um, um, but this is as close to like a s- statement movie as he's ever made, and he doesn't let it get in the way, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that uh, I think that when you make a movie like this, it's really like when these kinds of movies go wrong, they turn kind of s- sappy. Right. Uh, and this never gets sappy. It only gets crazier. He and, took a
0: very, very challenging subject like segregation, right. yeah, and made it completely accessible and funny, right? But still got his point across. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. And yeah, what I, yeah. and what I love about both films is like he doesn't back off of anything,
0: and he's not necessarily making fun of the people that no. want segregation or just or don't want segregation. Yeah, right? Right, right. Integration. So it's this. Yeah, but then like the whole. Riot scene at the Tilted Towers. Towers. I was like, "Oh shit, Tilted this yeah, thing gets crazy." <laughs> well, it, it it hits home a bit right now, you know. Yeah, I absolutely. Know. I mean, Where like at people. Oh, well, the people with the Confederate flag, flowing fireworks to start instigate a riot. I'm like, yeah.
1: what? Yeah, yeah. Co- the cops wailing on people really hard. The cops yeah, wailing it's like,
0: on black people. Yeah, it's, it's, like, re- it's oh, pretty intense. It's really hard to watch.
1: Yeah. it's really yeah. intense. But I mean, like the framing the framing of the movie for the audience uh, that has not seen it yet is that there is a very popular. Uh, dance show you know sort of like a, a dick clarkish show and it's called um, the
0: corny collins
1: show The corny collins show and uh he loves and,
0: his double names <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: true yeah. uh and uh and delmo
0: vanderhoof
1: yeah right and uh what, what's the name of the bad guy that uh divine also plays he oh. has a really great oh, oh man. yeah 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 uh, but it's like, I'll look it
2: up while you tell yeah, the story. It's so
1: funny. But yeah, like the, the, the main, the main gag is that, uh, you have, um, uh, this, uh, uh large girl who wants to be on that show. And, uh, so she auditions to be on the show and it sets off this, uh, uh this sort of domino set of events of, jealousy from other skinnier and another skinnier contents uh, contestant who mm-hmm. is uh, in on the sort of the politics of it yep. and uh as she's getting popular like all of her sort of uh you know she comes from like a you know a, a, a not quite a poor family but a lower lower middle class family they said and, no they
0: said that they, what did they call her they called her an up upper lower classer
1: yeah upper lower (laughs) classer yeah exactly and but and so she's like yeah she's an upper lower classer and so like her experience and her home experience is like uh shared with a number of other different communities you know the black Mm -hmm. community and you know like all this other stuff and so they're they're much more like they're much less regimented in their uh, and, and much less racist and much less everything, uh, right. well, they live in
0: The other thing, it's, it takes place in Baltimore, which Baltimore. is where a lot of, uh, John. Walters John Walters comes from. Right. And so Baltimore is a lot about race integration. There's a lot of black and black. Also, black what's his there. name? And from Obviously diner. a lot of that, that kind of relationship, especially in the poor neighborhoods. Right. Right. right.
1: And, and so you have these diner,
3: same thing. He's, oh yeah. Uh, uh, uh
1: Levinson. what's his name? Barry Levinson. And, right. uh, and so, like, because she comes from this uh, much more open and accepting uh, sort of, cl- uh, you know, uh, monetary class, right? She's because, you know, like, she's just living with well, everybody. Well, that
3: was
0: interesting. They actually, they, they set up the juxtaposition juxtaposition right away. Because mm-hmm. her and her friend, uh, mm-hmm. I forgot who her friend.
1: Uh, her oh, super supportive friend, yeah. Penny,
0: P- Penny Pingleton. Penny Pingleton. So, Penny Pingleton and Tracy Turnblad. Our best friends. Now, Tracy Turnblad and they're teenagers and they run home every day to watch the Corny Collins show on TV. Just like, right. you know, when you and I would race home to watch the MTV jams or whatever, right?
1: Or Star Blazers in my place. But yeah, right. okay, you got it.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But anyway, so they, they, they watched the, the, the show and this is in the 60s, right? So what right. year is it supposed to be? It's supposed to be sometime 63.
1: Uh-huh. 63 it's, it's been. Which is, which a, is a, you know, like that's a big year also. But it's I mean, like, yeah, And, right. uh, for, and uh, this, this is also thing, this transition between
0: the 60s and the 50s, right? So it was right. high hair and then low hair, right? right. And that, uh, like, the, 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 the transit, and we'll get into, But they, you know, It is a
3: point in the 60s before November, because they yeah. talk about Jackie O's hairstyle.
1: That's right. Like right. The, the, the specter that hovers over the movie is everything, will
2: change, so.
1: is everything is just about to change. And nobody knows it. Like they, it's great that they don't really point that out. Like they right. just mention it slightly, um, right. but there's no like moment where that happens, you know? Right. Uh, but you know, just from history, like this is all going to turn around very shortly. Right. Uh, it's very powerful.
0: But so, so uh, uh, Tracy's parents are played by Jerry Stiller. And, mm. divine. So and divine. So divine. Is, divine is a famous drag queen, as we all know, yep. or many of you may know, uh, and plays Edna Turnblad, uh, right. and uh, plays also the name. Uh, divine loves to play two characters, where he plays mainly a female character, mm-hmm. uh, like he does in Female Trouble, or she does in Female Trouble, but then also plays a male character who's usually a villain, right? Yes. And I believe in Polyester, he plays his own rapist yeah that is true <laughs> right yeah. so um so anyway uh sorry but that that's we, like we warned you some of the early uh, uh yeah they're intense they're, <laughs> they're intense, intense. Yeah, but yeah. the name of the character you were looking for is Arvin Hodgepile <laughs>
1: Hodgepile oh my god i laughed out loud Arvin Hodgepile Arv- is
0: who plays <laughs> the, 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 the 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 network executive is that yeah. and he's and he's definitely super racist super, super, racist. Racist, super <laughs> sexist yes and so he's very much left over from the 50s right, right. he has that 50s haircut et cetera. Et cetera. Yep. Anyway, so 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 Edna Turnblad and and Wilbur Turnblad, who are mom dad, are pretty open minded people, yeah, and yeah. Easy you going. know, et cetera. Easy going, uh, and both Edna and Tracy are very heavy set. So that's yep. another thing that's also interesting is about body shaming or non body shaming, mm-hmm. right? Body mm-hmm. accepting stuff, which right. I think was really great at that time as well. Uh, and so um, the uh, the girl, the the girl that's popular. That is in part of the dancing group that is basically the the villain of uh, Tracy, who's played by Ricky Lake. Uh, her parents are played by Sonny Bono and uh, Debbie Harry. Harry. <laughs> yeah. Oh I my mean, God. the cast in this is amazing. Actually. So good. Yeah. And so <clears> that <throat> is uh, Velma Van Tussle and Franklin Van
1: Tussle. This is the second greatest Debbie Harry on screen performance outside of Video Drum. It's Video absolutely Drum, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Now, uh, Tracy's uh, best friend, uh, and I, uh, who I've, uh, Leslie Ann Powers, as, as who yeah. plays her, I don't know who that actress is, but Penny Pingleton, her mom and dad are super racist. Yes, Prud- Prudence Pingleton is the mother's name. Like
1: panically, panickingly, panickingly, <laughs> like oh my god!
0: There's a black person. Get away! Get away! Get like,
1: away! Uh, like, like uh, her mom is literally screaming, terrified all the time, and it's, it's right. Yeah, like yeah. the performance is so so ridiculous,
0: so like, over the top.
1: Yeah. It's so it's you've never seen anything like it. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. So so so, what's interesting is basically you know the uh, Tracy's parents are like. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You want to watch TV, you want to go dance with black people. It's fine. And the other people are like, "What? Black people? Oh my god. Oh my god. You know, it's a nightmare." Right? <laughs> and and, it, and it's really insane like that. There, and it's it's made, I mean, basically that character is so out of control that well, this, you this laugh is, and, at how, how ridiculous yeah, it like, is. You bring is. up a
1: great point because like she is not like the uh, like the racist characters for the most part, like he still represents them in a sort of sympathetic light as people.
2: Like, yes, of course. Like,
1: like course. you see, like you see a lot of Sonny Bono, and you see a lot of um, um, uh, Debbie Harry, and right. uh, and and uh, the mom that we're talking about. Like, yeah. you see, you see them as sort of like very, very frightened people. You know, mm. uh, they're they're not they're made, not made out to be robotic villains that want to do damage. Like, they're just really, really. Uh, like they're operating in such a bizarre misconception that they uh, are just operating out of raw terror all the time. And when they show them, especially the mom, like when they show her reacting to like when she essentially when one scene, like she's trying to go find her daughter uh, and is, you know, finds her in a, uh, in this black neighborhood in a a black owned record store where Ricky Lake is, you know, taking them to go and hang out and dance with everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like she is, so terrified it's ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah and i think this is the great point of the movie is like the like her uh like it, it's it's her reaction is so outlandish it both points out how dumb the racist is oh yeah 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 um uh because she's just a cartoon of fear but at the same time it, it doesn't do it cruelly to her you know like like yeah. she's not just she's not just made fun of as being like um you know like uh, as some some sort of monster it 's just no. like she's you're looking at her yeah she 's just so radically out of touch, and she 's so horribly misinformed
2: things
0: to change. well, which is yeah. basically just like pointing out like if 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 you are scared of black people, this is how stupid you look
2: yeah exactly <laughs> you exactly right
0: exactly
1: right, right. Yeah. and like I think that that's the that 's the amazing like water 's gift, especially in this movie is that he is empathic towards even the cruelest characters. Um, because they don't really realize what the fuck they're doing, you know? And like the, the worst, the worst character is the, uh, the the real villain is the, is the uh, daughter who's against Ricky Lake.
2: Um,
1: and even then she's just shown as really sort of pathetic and childlike.
0: Well, she's all, I mean, she all. I mean, it's the, that's the typical American high school comedy. I'm the popular person and how can she be popular because she's fat?
2: That's right. 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 Exactly.
0: And that was really what it was about. And were like, what are you talking about? Tracy's awesome. You know, well, and, she, and this is yeah. like
1: you said earlier, there's like, there's no fat shaming in the movie, right? There's no right. like, like the, the, where her perception of it, of like, how can she be popular? You know, she's fat is right. only her own. Like, exactly. nobody else She's knows the, has the a
3: only person that all. sees that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you realize that immediately when she's kicked out, when Corny, what's his name, kicks her out. Corny right. Collins. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like and like everybody there, virtually everybody except for the owner of the building in which the stuff is produced, who is played by Divine, yeah. like uh, who is a straight up racist and a sexist, right? right. Uh, and, a, and a and a power hungry jerk. Like right. everybody else is not like that. Even if they're on the sort of on the bad guy's side, they're reacting to the fact of their situation, right? Um, and uh, whereas, like uh, you know, like even like the cop that tries to keep them. Uh, keep them out of the dance, like you know it right. um, was like, like
0: but that 's the rules that 's the still- rules right
1: exactly, yeah. exactly, and so like uh, water sets up this universe in which it 's much more believable that change is possible because the people that are uh, are messing things up or the people that are acting cruelly or the people that are filled with fear or hate, all are still changeable people who can learn. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's like he has such uh, I mean, John Waters is obviously a gay man and he's uh, and he, all of his movies sort of have that I that the the outcast. joy of. Yeah, like the joy of being the outcast is part of all of his films. And he never lets the uh, lets it be just sort of depressing.
3: Mm-hmm. Like just he's a, just like just it's very
1: celebratory.
3: I, I It's interesting to say because the one thing I always remember about John Waters is. He came from, I think, an upper-middle-class family. Mm-hmm. And his parents didn't know what to do with him. They still loved him dearly. Sure. And they used to just drive him to this art house theater in their station wagon and let him out, and then they'd come pick him up two and a half hours later. Yep. You know? And he's just like, I don't think they knew what to do with me, but they loved me. So they'd yeah. pull up in front, I'd get out and wave, and then go hang out with people they never would hang out with before in of their course, life, sure. right, And then right. they pick me up two hours later, like, Oh, are you okay? Are you warm? They have food and take me home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that changes that changes life, obviously. But that right. gives
3: you know. him a perspective. Like he straddles both sides. Exactly. That he exactly. can see that although his parents are, um, a little out of touch.
1: Yeah. They're trapped in their mindset. Yeah. They're
3: trapped in their mindset. It doesn't mean they're bad people yeah. right. and they, they don't try to stop them from being something they right. accept you and love you. And, uh, you know, let you yeah. do your like, thing. Yeah, and...
1: They may not get it, but they, but they, but they loved him. Right. Yeah. I always and...
3: related to that. Cause my mom used to, uh, she used to like call like, um, when I was 15, <laughs> the Ritz in New York, you know, it's a place where I used to go see bands, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, bands would play there. And from, like, Andy Summers would do a gig there to, like... Uh, that's awesome. Um, it was downtown, and it became Webster Hall, but it was a, a small club, and she would just call, and I would go in, and, uh, you know, with her credit card, and they'd say, oh, yeah, and then I would go sit in the back.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: do you know what I mean? So it was yeah. just like, I kind of was like, she's like, okay, is that what you want to do? Yep, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll pay for yeah. it
0: wasn't it wasn't quite the same story? But I think was um, X-ray. He was telling us the story about how his parents, you know, during summer break, they would just drop him off at movie theaters for a the right. whole day. It's right. the
3: same thing. So, yeah. but he, it, he d-
0: his parents did it because they loved movies and they wanted him to do it. So it wasn't like I don't know what to do with you situation. But yeah, it was but
3: he says that lovingly. But you could tell that he, even though his parents. They still love him regardless of what he became and you can sense that that he came from a parents well, yeah, and so that's like... when you talk about not judgmental or the villains right. aren't really villainous right they come right. across as like sonny bono is kind of a joke i always thought sonny bono was kind of goofy great skier yeah. though great skier but what oh, too
1: soon what? too soon still what did i say,
3: what did I say wrong like, yeah, was, i, I was,
1: love sonny a, i love sonny
3: he was a great skier
1: <laughs> he was he was in fact he was in fact
3: yeah yeah And is. so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know and it just seemed perfect because right. he is that's the kind pol- of story i don't want to share
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, yes, yes.
0: that was terrible that was the, the worst are you
3: going to cut that out no i don't think i'm going to cut that out no, people, can look,
1: people can look this up on the internet and, and figure figure out uh, what we're saying <laughs> i think oh, that's come fine on. <laughs> I, I, I laughed what are you gonna do <laughs> uh but yeah no i think Still i you're right <laughs> caught <laughs>
3: with him hung with him hey. baby
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right brother uh, but no i think you're totally right because it's like the it's the like having like parents that sort of trust you with art uh is huge and that's that was true for me as well and like like saying like listen you know like i know you're into whatever you're into but I'm just gonna let you experience it. Like I'm not gonna have to. I'm not gonna step in and try and like control your experience, uh, and we'll let you essentially figure figure it out for yourself.
3: But uh, I feel. I'm sorry. Oh, Th- That that way of where the villainousness of it is more buffoonery, and look how stupid they are for exactly. the, their belief system. I think that is much better for people. One
1: hundred percent. Than, 100%. than
3: saying, "Oh, he's an evil guy, and he does evil shit." And, 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 well, the, yeah. And I it mean, becomes, we, yeah. you become as violent as the person you're trying to depict in making it. I just feel 100%. like that that way of storytelling reaches a broader audience, right. and people pick it up non-judgmentally. Right. You know, it's right. not forcing them to think. Yeah, that
1: I, way. I, I absolutely like. I, I was really stunned watching it again. I was like, "This movie is. If you made this movie today, there would be so much anger in it." Uh, that I think it would miss the point, you know, if you give it to somebody else to make. And uh, whereas this movie is so filled with love for all of its characters that even the worst of them, you know, you still have a feeling for and you hope that they get their shit straight. You know, and... It's interesting.
3: Uh, you, you talk... Now, judging these two films together, Chris, it was a very good uh, merging those two together. hmm Because I looked at... Hairspray, and I had seen it in the 80s, dude. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's using a vintage motif of, you know, the 50s, 60s kind of dance show right. to tell this story. So it's reaching back in order to tell its narrative. Right. And at the same time, literally, from when they depicted uh, the masculine feminine, was 1966, so let's say it was shot in 65, mm-hmm. right? But... How many films I watched this and I was like, My God, I saw so many films in this movie. Like yeah. Man Bites Dog. Oh, yeah. Wes oh, Anderson. Yeah. And I was like yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh in Musculin Feminine?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so whereas he goes back and uses, you know, the fifties and the '60s. Yeah, Rune he's songs. he's being
0: he's being he's he's going back to the fifties and sixties and sort of telling a story about that time. And in masculine feminine, it is in that time. It It is is, the most.
3: It it absolutely. Not only is it in that time, it is the nucleus. He's going back waters to find inspiration to tell his narrative. Whereas that story is, he's telling the story, but he's using a technique and a style that literally influences for after. I was like, there were moments I was like, where he goes in and the guy's playing pinball. By the way, right? That is the first um, Wes Anderson film, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Right? Right. And and then the guy comes out, and it was almost like a Woody Allen thing, too, Mm -hmm. you know, um, from Take the Money and Run. And then I was like, wait, and the way he used the music, and then Dolly's Across, it's like, that's Wes Anderson. That's Woody Allen. Then all of a sudden, it's like the way that all that stuff comes together. I was like, uh, Wes Anderson, Man Bites Dog. The way he's yeah, going huge. through yeah. into the cafe is like, I don't like this through these moments of violence, but you still love this guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I was
3: the, like, yeah That's they, man bites dog.
1: Yeah, no, but and you're, and you're totally right. Like the, the, the sort of the, the difference between these two movies that I thought was uh, made it a great choice is that, um, one is very, um, sort of, uh, like hairspray is a very, uh, uh, Positive, it's a very positive message with a lot of love in it, right? And And very lighthearted. And very, very lighthearted. And, uh, and masculine feminine, which I would love to try to pronounce that in French, but it's not going to happen. So it's going to be masculine feminine. Um, (laughs) is a, uh, is, uh, both a, uh, like it's a much more sort of immediate and real movie in many ways politically. Mm -hmm. Like it's very specific to Paris of that moment, like, and, and rebellious
0: um, 60s teenagers friend, who were very and, politically motivated
1: and like very very intense and it's so sort of like the the characters are like you know like they are uh absolutely uh you know like they are uh, uh they're they're out of, of they're connected to the same flavors like you know uh battle of algiers or yeah. i am cuba or any of this stuff right. um but at the same time they're also just you know uh, teenagers and yes. so like it's very it's a very strange uh immediate not, I wouldn't well, quite say a cynical movie, but it's a very it's like it's so. Uh, it's,
0: but it's a clash, right? It's a clash that, that exists yeah. in between. So the clash that exists in Feminine. So just to to give a quick, a very quick overview of Feminine, it's a story about a guy who meets a girl. Really, what it is, it's a yeah. Romeo Juliet type thing, right? And kind of, but they're both very young and they're very inspired, right? And he is a politically motivated young kid. He's probably, he's twenty one, I think, or something of that nature. Right. Very young, right? And he's politically motivated. He's like super anti Vietnam, super anti American, right. very typical of what was like going the, on. They're going on and doing
1: like, uh, like painting cop cars, vandalism, and all this stuff. And yeah, they're
0: reading things from political Marxism and all very that. Marxism and all this stuff. they're into that. Very active. But he falls in love with a girl who is just a t- cute girl who doesn't give a crap about politics. Right. Wants to be a pop singer, works at a magazine, you know, fashion magazine, that, that kind of stuff, right? And so she is the quote unquote Pepsi generation. Right. Which is right. the whole capitalism and American influence across which the Which is entirely, in
3: Hairspray. Yes. Which that's is the very same
0: true. thing in Hairspray. Right. Right? Pepsi
3: was sponsored by Pepsi that show. Right. And <laughs> so
0: so so in Hairspray, it's these two girls that are like, I love Pepsi. Courtney Collins show, and I want right. to dance, and I like Pepsi, and I'm like, you know, it's the teeny boppers, right? Yeah, right. that's what they were, as was the girl in there, and then suddenly they're so yeah, thrust yeah, into a political situation because of segregation. And so, and you know, and and and, and hairspray to daily with one way, but in the other one, it's like this guy who's like, I'm a political thing, I stand against stuff, but I really just. Love this girl, and I want to be with that girl. Right, and and
1: the thing is, like all of these characters, like uh, they're all sort of like witty and smart and uh, and charming in their own way, but they're also total fucking assholes. Like all of them, and like they're masculine masculine and feminine. Yeah and the thing is that it's what's really great They're is all
0: self-absorbed That's they're what they incredibly are, like yeah like, what,
1: like what's really wonderful about the movie is like the i, I mean i obviously like, remember being this age and watching a movie where i'm like oh my god that is exactly if i were to see myself from the outside this is what it would look like yes um now and, what, you
0: know what i thought about it you know what's interesting to me is that these that generation those are all baby boomers <laughs> If you yeah, really they think exa- about it, exactly. they're yes, all yes. baby boomers Those and are they boomers. are acting exactly the way that baby boomers accuse millennials of acting.
1: Of course, of course. And the thing, the thing is because <laughs> and everyone- they're accusing of
0: the generation. It's not the right. generation. It's the age. It's the, <laughs> it, it
1: is the age. I don't believe in generationalism. I think that right. you, everyone in, in certain ages gen, generally tends to act in certain yep. ways. That's going to be
3: one of our shows, by the way, is movies that somebody has said, you are just like that person in the movie and yeah, you never right. saw it that way. Yeah, if somebody right. said it, that to you in your life.
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like, like oh Lord, my God, you kind of are like that guy. Ways. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but if you if
3: you do if you look at it that way, that could right. be a good. Um,
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's marvelous. Well, I think this is what movies, one of the things movies do best is to make you sort of realize these things. Like, like this is why, like, you know, uh, like I love movies like Taxi Driver or whatever, where they, you have this really upsetting main character that you relate to, like you want, you don't want to relate to him, but you relate to him anyway, and it reveals things about yourself, right? And I think that when I uh, earlier, when I had seen Masculine and Feminine earlier, um, I didn't have enough distance. I, I really enjoyed it for like, it's super clever filming um but like i think that i've never enjoyed it so much as i did now when i have enough perspective to see myself in it yes and uh and what's really what's sort of fascinating about it is that uh i the because i think
0: the first time i saw it i was probably about 25 yeah you're right in it right right
1: you're right in that moment right and it's very difficult to to understand like to to get the perspective you need to see what is really happening in the movie and the with uh, Godard's what's really great is that even though he's he's like he's creating sequences and things that happen for these characters that is really critical of the characters right uh, and how sort of random they are about the application of their passion and how douchey they are in some ways and how they treat each <laughs> other horribly and like how like uh, he also has this amazing sympathy for them uh, and uh, being in that in that moment. Uh, Himself, because not only you know, know, like not only does he connect to it in terms of like the being that age, but because that has always been his attitude as a filmmaker. Like the guy's still alive, and he's still making crazy movies. Like he is, he is always making these extraordinarily daring, uh, like annoying, you know, chip down the system movies, and he's never somehow
0: this one always felt a little bit more approachable to me than some of the other ones. It, like, it wasn't as much in your face as like... Well, it's like, breathless or, or something breathless. like that. Sure,
2: yeah. right. You know uh, what I mean?
0: But it was always, like, somehow these characters... It, it, it almost as if it was making fun of him because, like, these characters are so into themselves and yet right. they're so petty. And yeah. that is...
1: Yeah, they That's care pen- about they care about these huge things, these great important movements. Yeah, but they're at, but they're being motivated by completely petty concerns constantly. And the movie, let, un, un, instead of making fun of them for it, the movie lets both things be true.
2: Right.
1: You know, like it doesn't say like oh you know like they're just doing you know like they're just supporting Marxism because it essentially gets them laid. <laughs> and like it doesn't right. take a cynical viewpoint on that. It says you know if you have perspective on this, you can see that they're both. Correct and lost at the same time, right? You know, and but the uh, women
2: aren't. Oh, yeah. and the women
1: are got their shit together in the movie. That's compared right. to the guys, the guys are fucking idiots in this movie. You well, know? that's the
0: thing, right? Because it comes off as the guys are, are trying to think they're really, really smart, and the women are like, I just don't care about politics, and I just want to yeah. cook. I want to buy you know a Pepsi and go dancing or work, right. you know whatever.
3: But they have jobs. The other
0: one, the, the 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 Madeline's friend, I forgot what her name is in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she's she's the smartest one in the room
3: oh yeah without
1: without a doubt <laughs> and,
0: and then the fact is like what's interesting is that you start to realize that while the guy's in love with madeline he really kind of likes the other girl because she's right. the smarter one of all of them right
1: the, yeah. the, the more the most challenging and interesting one right yeah and like the like he like uh paul writes the name of the mm-hmm. character like paul is like there's a there's something really attractive about him in that he's very very direct about anything that's on his mind right um but it he basically does this to keep people from asking him questions right like he doesn't know him he doesn't know himself very well at all and he's is constantly trying just randomly trying new things to see if it fits him Right. right and whereas like uh uh like like Madeline is the kind of girl that he would normally go for, but Madeline's friend is the kind is is the person that he is challenged by, and that's what makes it difficult for him, mm. you know. Right. And like the, and like that, that this kind of observation with that, like it's like I love that he that uh, Godard doesn't even though the guy is a total, you know, like he's a total prick, like he's a, he's a real jerk in this movie a lot of the time. Like right. uh, he he is still sympathetic enough to say he's a lost person. You know, and there are things that are important that he does care about. And the fact is, they're all trying to figure all these people are trying to figure out their shit. Right. Like everyone's trying to figure it out. And they're be, while they're while they're doing it, they're coming up with um, like the way, the random strange ways they act, whether they're motivated by uh, chaos or not. Like some of it is really inventive and novel and good and progressive. Right. Right, and so he looks at he looks at filmmaking this way, and he's looking at uh, the 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 youth culture of the '60s this way. Right. So he's not just looking at them and making fun of them; he's looking at them and saying there is something of value here, even though it looks chaotic.
0: Right. Well, what he also okay, so the fil- the the film is actually based on a sh- on a short story by mm-hmm. Guy de Maupassant, who's a very famous. French author who wrote a lot of short stories uh on re- you know from a, from a long time ago so several right. I forgot what century Maupassant was in but so it, this is adapted I mean this is a very typical thing a lot of people take Maupassant stories and they turn them into things so this is adapted to work in f- by Godard to be from 1966 and it's very typical love story situation but he adapted it in some way and I think that's what makes it successful to me is because it's based on a f- foundation of a story right yeah
1: there's a, there's a core thing that is being said here that right. that the story gives them right. and they keep it they can That's they can point. use that as the hub uh, right. to make their points i think i think you're absolutely right like so, without so that it'd be random
0: it'd be random and it is i mean there is a lot of random stuff in there which godal loves to do right like the girl the woman who comes in and shoots her husband in the middle yeah. of the
1: cafe yeah yeah that
0: was or the guy who commits
1: suicide after threatening him, right yeah you know uh, or like but like there's so there's so much suicide was
0: so funky the way you shot i was so good i was like yeah someone just lit himself on fire it's all off camera and there's actually no sound that would tell you that that actually happened that is
1: actually happening and then she comes back and sort of verifies it but nobody actually gives a shit. you know it's like it's it's utterly bizarre but yeah like the but like you're right because because it has a sort of central concept uh about uh about what it's saying like it serves as a uh as a hub that everything can uh, the, attach to and so mm-hmm. the movie doesn't get lost in its own inventiveness right Yeah. You know? and i think that the 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 great the great thing about like there's a oh what's the line there's a line that is that struck me as like that is the thesis of the movie and i think it's when he says when paul says you know um we can control our old we can control our thoughts which is useless which is which is worthless and we can't control our emotions when those are the most important thing mm. and i was like holy shit like that's the whole movie in a nutshell mm-hmm. you know like all this intellectual highfalutin nonsense that they're into is just them trying to get control over their emotions which are all over the place Right. you know that they don't know how to express what is going on inside them and they're trying to articulate this through this these very very witty um, interactions or their or these you know like uh, sharp intellectual gags but really what yeah exactly jousting with each other but right. really what they're saying is i'm in pain and one of the key lines paul says is like i don't know why i'm laughing i'm actually quite down
2: You know, and I'm like, that's,
1: that's the fucking movie. And not only then, like, I'm, you know, like for me, like, I, you know, I think I see, you know, uh, you know, uh, like uh, kids, you know, like my my kids, kids in their twenties, like, I think really feel this way. And I think I felt that way then also when I was young, but Mm -hmm. like, I was not in a, um, like I wasn't in a moment, a political moment, like. Uh, they are in the '60s in this movie, or like people that age are right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and and to see this that emotional struggle, um, you know, like where your your heart and your mind are fighting so extraordinarily uh, in this really important time uh, is uh, is very powerful to me, and it also made me sort of forgiving, much more forgiving towards not only. Uh, sort of, you know, when when it, uh, towards it has sort of uh, uh, angry statements made by younger people about, say, boomers or whatever it is. Like, right. uh, uh, but it also made me more forgiving towards um, my earlier self, my younger self, because uh, yeah. I look back at those times and I'm like, oh god, I was a fucking jerk. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know.
0: It makes you feel like awkward, right? It makes uh, you right. feel like embarrassed about. you like. I mean we we all have I mean I'm I maybe I'm I'm sure you you guys are similar to me but you all think of moments that you've done things in the past and you are constantly embarrassed by them.
1: Yeah it's like getting a paper cut all over again when you think whatever that is you yeah. know yeah,
0: yeah, it's horrible, and you're like, oh, what an
1: idiot I was! <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and to have a movie haunts that haunts sort of, you,
0: and it haunts you, and it haunts you, and it keeps, right. stays there forever. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, it's true. And like, for learning to forgive yourself from that is is very difficult to do. Right? Yeah. And and to represent that kind of a story in a movie, and have enough perspective so you can both be honest about you know this dickish action, yeah, uh, but still be very forgiving about what motivates it is uh really wild yeah. you know and uh i think that's like i, w- I was watching this movie and i like fuck we really need uh this now like someone you know like some like the uh, the the jean godard of tiktok needs to be making this movie you know, like that's because, I mean, it is, it is like the way if you watch a lot of TikTok. Like,
0: TikTok is a much more like a good film for sure. It's
1: much more like a good art, good art film, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's still, I mean, almost all of TikTok is just comedy, you know, like, right. there, but there is stuff that like, there's investigative journalism and there is experimental stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. And like, if you can just uh, get a, enough focus and enough sort of structure together to make a larger, more connected statement, then you would end up with something like this. And I think that there's a golden moment to do that right now. And I mean, I'm too old to do it, but I mean, like the there's a younger filmmaker out there that uh, should be able to break through in the same way with this kind of a film, you know, uh, done in their own way, obviously. But right. to have that kind of vivid clarity um, about the about the moment of time they're living in uh, instead of just, you know, wasting it on gags, you know, and it's like because right. like you watch this like this is the, like the bulk of TikTok versus what could be done with TikTok or the bulk of YouTube, which is versus what could be done with YouTube, is the difference between uh every shitty sixties uh laugh in style show and masculine feminine. Right. You know, like uh, the 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 ratio is obviously going to be very, very small of the of the masculine and feminines of the world are extremely rare. But when they happen, you gotta really support them. Yeah. You know, that's a really wonderful choice. I
3: started watching today i randomly hit it on youtube and it's it's called i bought a ghost town
2: mm.
3: oh i heard about that it's so good really
2: sounds, sounds it's a great guy name.
3: writer in la and he put all his life's money with a friend's money and they yeah. bought an old mining town uh, outside of
0: bakersfield right
3: yeah three and a half hours from la the yeah. driveway is seven miles long and it's a whole town they shot a Steve McQueen western there in the seventies, uh, and they did guy, the whole what? thing
0: about them being during lockdown because of COVID. He being bo- went out
3: there. out there, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. But the that's guy great. is so funny and has an old bar with a bullet hole on, in the wall with blood stain on the floor from eighteen ninety eight. Right, and it's just like he's just and has an old movie theater, yep. and he bought it, and it's just so. Like, wow, watching him on this journey, like, from L.A. to there, and he's just with his friends, restoring it and figuring out what to do with it. It was, uh, it's kind of very bare, like, what he's doing. It was pretty cool. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Oh,
1: I love it. But that's the it. Cool thing that right about,
3: um, a cool thing about, like, YouTube, because it's it's really about either people trying to sell stuff with mm-hmm. their talent or get me noticed. Right. Or, yes, this guy's still trying to get noticed, but... There's more of a a journey for him, pardon me, while getting noticed. Do you know what I mean? There was right. something a little bit more um, harder to achieve. And yes, he's doing it to get noticed, but I don't know. There's some depth to it because he really is restoring. But the buying a ghost town is so beautiful. It was like, wow, I get it. You don't want to be in a city anymore, and you're yeah. doing this. And um, um, I think that's
1: that's brilliant. Yeah, I, it, I bought yeah. a
3: ghost town, right? I bought a. ghost is, is, i think it's what it's called you should watch it dan you would dig it
1: uh yeah i looked it up right now yeah the bottle goes down like that
3: and it's great cool it's just so many cool little and there's a lot of work dude he's got a lot of work ahead of him uh, <laughs> it's it's you're away f- you're far from everything dude he's an yeah. hour from a hospital or a town
1: I just pulled up the uh, NPR article on this and it says California ghost town is the perfect example of social distancing. <laughs> I suppose that's true.
3: <laughs> but it's, there's something so beautiful there. I mean, just like the theater, like, yeah, you can have people up there and just watch movies or make He's like, he wants people to make movies mm-hmm. and for five days and everybody screens it.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great.
2: Jeremy. Yeah, Because
1: this is like, that is the Goddard ideal right there. You know, it's like, stop wasting your time planning, <laughs> you know, like stop doing it to get famous. Stop doing it for reasons outside of doing it. And, uh, and just go, go in and fucking blast through. Something. But there's
0: a lot of, but Godard sort of got into the, the, the super French, you know, snobbery of art films. Right. Sure. I mean, you know what I mean? He's oh, he,
1: sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's, I mean, he's a giant art snob. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. That's his thing, so you know?
0: that part of me is like, all right, you know, and I don't necessarily always like that kind of stuff, honestly. I well, think I don't it's a like pretentious. Well, right. this, this,
1: we've talked about this before. Like, pretension yeah. is an attitude problem. It's not a, an art problem.
0: Right, yes. You
1: know, you know it's like, like I, I hate when people lump pretentiousness in with the product itself. Right. Like, it's, if, it's, if the person is being pretentious, yeah. then that's one thing. But the art is the art, whatever it is, you know, and uh, and I think that like Godard's movies, especially his later movies, you see, like, uh, you know, the the image book or any of this stuff. Like, it's just like it's like someone just threw a bunch of weird shit in after effects and let it run on an AI program. Right. Um, uh, but that's also kind of amazing, you know, uh, and but his statements about it, why he's doing it. You know, you can read that it's kind of douchey. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and a lot of yeah. those kind of films and that's too, the thing that they I don't like... understand the medium. Not the film right. medium, but when you're doing a lot of effect stuff, you don't take time to learn, you know? Yeah, sure. And yeah. I think the thing about I liked about this guy is I think there's some attraction to like the Coppola making Apocalypse Now or the Werner Herzog making Fitzcarraldo right. where you're like, wow, that's a train wreck about to happen, but you still watch it and you're kind of like, He's brave, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder if he's going to this ghost town. Yeah, exactly. It's so
3: exactly. cool. And Why he's not? like, I, you know, a room was full of bees and, you know, Man. and one is haunted. One of the houses is haunted. Even right. though he goes in and turns the light out and puts a padlock on the door, he comes out, you know, an hour and a half later, the light is on. Like somebody's inside. He's like, I didn't turn the light on. So <laughs> Sick,
1: I love that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, dude. I mean, this is like, this kind of stuff is happening more and more. And I think that part of it, it like, part of it is the, you know, the explosion of YouTube and the explosion of TikTok uh, and the collapse of the studio system and all this stuff. But but a huge part of it is COVID-19, like mm-hmm. where it's really put people in the position to fucking think about what they're doing. You, you know? say
3: the collapse of the studio system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's collapsed. Okay, that's right. <laughs> no, no, guys, I'm edge. saying that's correct. So I, I basically had a discussion with one of the producers on the show I'm working on yesterday. Yeah. And he's older. And I said, you know, the collapse of the studio system, kind of like the late 60s. Like, well, I don't know if the studio's collapsed at the end of the 60s. I was like, pretty much. They're totally
2: la- bought out
1: by banks. They're okay, gone. Exactly.
3: I said they were, <laughs> they were at their last fucking stages. And that's why they let people like artists come in and, and you know, run the loony bin. Right, so right. yeah that's why we have the 70s he's like, like why we have and great I, art I, from the 70s that's because right because and I say, that, that's right and i said that he's like well i don't know if i agree with it let's agree to disagree okay we can agree to disagree okay uh low voltage but the point is i i just <laughs> he was like saying today covid and what's going on with the studios they're not collapsing i said i i disagree i think i think the studios and the and the I, And the the agencies, they're letting off everybody. They're getting rid of dead weight because they don't know what's next.
1: Well, sure, yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, the force behind the studios, like, the money behind the stuff, like, that's never going away. Rich, Like, rich, giant concerns are always going to look for new art to manipulate for their betterment. Like, that's what's always going to happen. But, like, like, in between those moments when they don't know uh, what their power strings connect to is this sort of free-for-all Wild West time when uh everyone's trying to identify uh what the new language is going to be right and because like studios you know whatever do not give a shit whether people like uh you know behind the green door or doris day movies they just want to be sure that the one they choose is the one that's going to make money that's it like they don't they don't they have no interest in supporting any particular kind of art they just want to have a sure thing but
0: what 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 they did though is that they what what shows how how they fucked up
1: mm
2: -hmm. is
0: that Right now, there's a massive demand for content.
2: Yeah, because well, this of COVID nineteen, the and then they egg fucked. Egg.
0: They fucked up because yeah. they they put all their eggs into the theater system.
2: Yeah, and yeah. that oh, is, man.
0: and and that's what they did. Is like, and they're like, no, people are always going to come to
3: the movies and <laughs> forever. Like, and then take forever,
0: all we have to do, to Disneyland. Yeah. yeah.
3: By the way, that guy yesterday is like, you know, when the theater system collapses, like, well, I wouldn't rush to the, say that theater system's collapsing. I was like, okay. Okay.
0: I mean, it I mean, was like the dead only dead way hilarious. that the only way it got, the only way that the box office still worked is because they kept raising the price of tickets. Yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. And exactly. so it was like, okay, when it suddenly a ticket costs $25 to go to the movies, that, that's the equivalent of five people seeing the movie, you know, 10 years ago <laughs> or 20 By years ago. By the
3: way, ago. you both told me to listen to Land of the Giants on Netflix. I did. Yes. Yeah. I listened to that and the Amazon, the yeah. Netflix was brilliant for that yeah. show. Yeah. But yeah. what I I don't can't wrap my head around I do understand it, but I just the amount of debt they have is so huge yeah but th- th- you saw there's a whole part about it. there's a whole yes i know i listened to that. it but yeah. i still can't be like i don't know if that's good i mean <laughs> it's not good or bad it's just
1: it's just energy like the, it, like it's like it's, it's just capital it, that makes things happen
3: well like, it, that's
0: a thing right cuz cuz you just keep spending money and then eventually you'll get uh stranger things right? right and then you keep spending money and you eventually get this and that's okay it as long as you keep making things it's the same thing with amazon amazon was a company that was no profit every year for years and years and years and years and years right. and it kept growing and people kept dumping money into a company that made no profit because every dollar that they made from whatever they invested in went right back into growing the company more and it's the same thing that netflix is doing they need to outproduce everyone else yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what it is. If they keep out producing people, then people are gonna keep using Netflix. <laughs> yep. Right? The fact is, if you really think about it right now, the the, the, the actual broadcast is, is dead. It's, mm-hmm. it's like no one I mean I know very more and more people, very few people I know actually watch TV and now sports is even less because of COVID-19, right? Yep, like there's, there's like, there's like, Oh yeah, I guess I don't really need football. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> ESPN. I don't really need basketball. And so, so now they're all just watching stuff. So the fact is, and this is, this, there's a really great reporter on the verge that, that, that deals with streaming and she's fantastic. She's actually Canadian. She's really good. It's like, it's like everyone's going to, Netflix is like the thing that everyone is always going to have, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things like Hulu or HBO or Disney, they'll have it until they're like, eh, I'll dump it for a little bit until there's another show that I want to watch. But mm-hmm. Netflix, you always have. Yeah, there's because always that's something. The, I just dumped HBO. There, right? But I'll dump HBO for a few months because that's the thing about all of these. Like, You can just quit it for right. a few months and then join back up again. Right. If like, yeah. You know, and it happens with you guys. Every now and then it's like, yeah, I quit. I quit Hulu and then like, right. oh, but then there was a show I really like that's everyone top. Well, on. I watched
3: on. everything on HBO and then all of a sudden the selection started to seem like, um, prime, right? right. Like all the, like the titles, like, you know, you know, Burt Reynolds, you know, it's like, wait a minute. That's on So prime. What, you're,
1: what you mean to say is it's great. <laughs> well, no, but the point
3: is, when you, when I already get watch it somewhere Stick else.
1: And uh, Sharky's machine, back to so back. That's the you're, thing; you're, it's like, a Sharky's machine thing.
3: But the point is, it's Malone. it's the same thing I'm getting over there, and I've already watched Succession and The Wire, and I, all the thing that made HBO unique.
2: Right?
1: Uh, yeah, like uh, for me, HBO is still hanging by a thread because I liked uh, I like the new Perry Mason, uh, oh. which is uh, which is pretty 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 great. Uh, is it really? But, yeah, they, I love it. I love it. It's very, it's graphic and it's intense, but it has a real sort of like sinister fun to it that I I like. For for me,
0: right now, I have like okay, so I've got Netflix, obviously. Uh, I've got Hulu. Yep. uh, Which we we now now Hulu is. Mainly, we're watching Frasier on it. That's literally what we're...
1: <laughs> I just watched all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Hulu.
0: Okay, so, and then uh, we've got... Okay, here's interesting. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the weird politics. I do not have HBO Max. And the reason I don't have HBO Max is that I have a Roku player for my and play TV. And Roku is in disputes with HBO because they they won't be on that. So I can still have HBO now. <laughs> Which right. is what I've had for a long time, but I don't have any of the Max stuff, right? Right. right? And part of the thing that was frustrating to me was that I wanted to have HBO Max because Lily loves her anime, mm-hmm. and so she wanted to get Crunchyroll, and then Crunchyroll is comes free with HBO Max. But then I just found out that it doesn't have the full unlocked Crunchyroll, so I was <laughs> like, "Fuck it, I'll just get Crunchyroll." So right. now I've got Crunchyroll as well. So that's another eight dollars a month for Crunchyroll. And adds the, up did <laughs> because the kids, the kids <laughs> love their anime, and Lily's really into anime. And I, to yeah. me, that's totally worth it. If she wants to spend, you know, eight dollars a month for her, she's down take, for it absolutely
2: yeah. to, to rock eight Crunchyroll.
0: Bucks. And it, there's a lot of great anime on Crunchyroll, and it's and it mm-hmm. it's like. For fans of anime it's like it's available one hour after it's aired in Japan right so that's like a big deal for her right and plus it's all original content it's not dubbed it's in you know it's I mean it's via it's uh it's subtitled and and so she's she's really into it so I was like of course I'll do that for her right. So so then there's Crunchyroll and then there's and then for me of course I'm like the only one in the family who watches Criterion Channel so that's <clears throat> Added Criterion Channel. so it yes it does add up it does add up but I tell you what it doesn't add up to is that if you actually paid for satellite like we Karen and I oh, went sure yeah we, Karen and I went on vacation or on a little mini long weekend at Pismo Beach in an Airbnb and they had they had you know cable or satellite or whatever and I'm like this is 200 channels
1: of crap yeah i would rather pay yeah. a slightly <laughs> i honestly would rather play slightly more to have a, a selection of things that i will want to see yeah. than yeah. what when, when i had cable and it was just like why do i have fucking 27 espns
3: yes, not, <laughs> not only, only that, that but,
1: exist? but
0: every show you watch is filled with ads
1: yeah it's just garbage yeah. it was awful it was all the, the ads things are, are much horrible much it's garbage like and the and the way that we interact i mean like uh I'm sure you know people who listen to martini Giant have heard me say this a thousand times, but like the fact that they can more accurately track you as a uh as a as a as a taste right means right. that uh they can start You become part of a niche, and you have more and more things that you like. This has definitely happened for me.
2: Well, of course, and And I think that's an argument because
0: it's a privacy problem. It's like, well, they're they're tracking you. It's like, yes, and then they're going to give me more of what I want. Now, the the, the problem, the which is a problem a little bit because you then don't discover things as easily, right? Because we talked about this
1: with Spotify, right? Right. You get pigeonholed in them. You get pigeonholed.
0: Yeah. Didn't Didn't you talk about you had this story ages ago. Now, of course, I'm sure all these algorithms have gotten better. Where you you started a Spotify radio station with like Black Flag, and it ended
1: up with James Taylor at the end. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's like
1: to James Taylor. Yeah, it's so like everyone's like, so okay, funny. yeah, we I mean, like that. You know, Fire <laughs> yeah. and Rain all the way from. But yeah, like it's like that is the. I think that the, the, the uh, like the trade-off is that because everything gets so nichey, that means that they are going to be more uh, they're going to invest in weirder things because they know there's an audience. Like right. there's going to be much more experimental zones that because like Netflix makes all sorts of weird shit that you're like, how did that even get greenlit? And they're like, the algorithm said you'd like this, so we funded it. Right. You know, and uh, and they stick to this sort of Roger Corman model of like, as long as uh, you keep the budget of whatever this nonsense is below this particular number, we already made money on it. Right. You Just know? so
0: people know, because we, we I know we have some sometimes conversations that have not been recorded. So people are, like catching up on what time we're talking. About. We're talk, there's a there's a podcast series that was done by Vox Media. Uh, which uh, uh, which I found out through uh, the other one, The Verge podcast, which I love. But if you're into technology, definitely listen to The Verge cast. It's really great. Uh, and they talk about it. But anyway, one of those, uh, 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 the, it's called...
1: Land of the Giants.
0: Land of the Giants. And it's about giant com- tech companies and how they became what they became. So the first season was all about Amazon and about mm-hmm. how Amazon became Amazon. And it's a really good uh, season. The second one is all about Netflix. And obviously, since it's much closer to what we talk about every day, mm-hmm. it's really good. So, uh, Land of the Giants, season two, Netflix. And it's fascinating. They it's, first it's talk really about weird. how Netflix started as a company, how they destroyed
3: Blockbuster.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, block,
0: Blockbuster
3: destroyed itself, actually.
0: Right. Yeah. And, the, and, and then, and then now they're talking about how they, the, the, there's a couple other uh, episodes they it's uh, Netflix versus Hollywood, how they completely disrupted Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, and how Hollywood, the Hollywood system, uh, and then, then they obviously talk about their finances and how they, they're spending, they're supposed to, the, although the number may come down, but they were slated to spend $17 billion in content
2: yeah for 20 years. No it's
1: crazy. Yeah. Like so we can't f- imagine them spending less once everyone everyone is home. Right. <laughs> like like we need well, content they, they, all the they time. They may
0: not have been able to spend it because production just can't be made. That's wow. true, sure. So that was the thing about it. But, but
1: even that applies, we've talked about it before, like that puts puts pressure on new kinds of media to become popular, right? Like right. animation. And uh and like because people were not gonna stop needing content, like new forms of content have to be developed right. and Netflix is going to supply that. So that's right. good.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, yes. Yes, absolutely. So there is a lot of things to, to think about, you know, like how, how Netflix does its shows and what it's doing and how, how, how the world is around, had to react to that, right? How the HBOs, you know, HBO just didn't, didn't, everyone dismissed Netflix for a long time until suddenly like, oh shit, we need to become a Netflix before it's too late, right? right. Uh, right? And that's what HBO Disney match. did right yep. hbo max and and disney disney itself right so disney yep. plus like i got disney plus but honestly speaking after i watched a bunch of stuff on disney plus i'm done yeah <laughs> no. in you the no, mandalorian it, because it's all the same uh, shit right i've watched all the mandalorian i've watched green. all the 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 you know if i watch as much star wars as i want and random things you know every now and then, oh that was a good show but on netflix it's like how about Bird Box? How about this? How about that? How about what the fuck? You know, Norseman. There's a new epi- season of Norseman coming out. Like,
1: like when did that get made? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, good God. I turn around and Neil Stevenson says another thousand page book. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so it's like it's so all this stuff is just coming up all the time. So it's 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 cool, actually, honestly speaking. And that's the thing that's interesting about Netflix is that. They, well, that was interesting about in a podcast I mentioned is like Netflix was known as a thing where I've got a crazy idea. Netflix is going to give me money no matter what. And I'm going to do my crazy idea. And so there's a lot of crazy movies. And if it fails, it fails. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. And right. the algorithm is going to uh, the algorithm is going to allow that audience to find that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. the algorithm is going to find the audience for you or your show dies because right. the algorithm never found you. Right. Uh, so now they're not necessarily making shows that throwing shit at the wall. They're not feeding the AI machine anymore. Now the AI machine is telling them what to make. <laughs> exactly. You know, right? exactly. Right. And so that's the thing that's kind of interesting. Uh, right. but, uh, but yeah, anyway.
1: But yeah, I think, I think that this is the, like, if people can just take a hold of it, like there is an enormous amount of creative opportunity in filmmaking right now. And I think that's true certainly via like the Netflix scenario. That's true via all the streaming services. But right. what has yet to break is YouTube and TikTok and, uh, and, and Twitch for that matter, right. uh, where like all these things, as, is- as far as I've experienced them, which is like, I'm not like, I'm not watching Twitch every day, but I watch a lot of YouTube, a lot, a lot of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I see a, a fair amount of TikTok um, through my youngest son. Like the, like all this stuff is primed for a new artistic application of this uh, that nobody can control.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So, so, so this is interesting because I've been thinking about the, those, the, the, the pure... The non, non show related, but the pure user generated content, right? Because mm-hmm. all of those are mm-hmm. user generated content. Absolutely. So, uh, and then some people make, you know, put some dollars into it, make yes. it worth it, but they're not, a, it's not a studio, right? Right. So, like, let's, let's take Mark Rober, for example. Do you guys know who Rober, Mark Rober is? I love no. his stuff. Right, his, yeah. So Mark Rober is a, a YouTuber, and he puts some really great content where he teaches you about something interesting. So mm-hmm. one of the most things that, that got everyone really into Mark Rober this was when Scroll. he did the gl- the glitter, b- the squirrel oh, the, thing. Was it COVID nineteen? Oh,
1: yes. I did see this. Yes.
3: So
0: okay. he did the, squ- the glitter, the glitter
3: bomb. Uh, He's got a lot uh, of product placement, though. He Bose. does absolutely sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. and and. Listen, you're not going to make money from
3: YouTube.
1: (laughs) You're going to make money from the advertising. No, you
0: can't. Yeah. Well, that's why he makes his money. Right. Yeah. So, but there was a video specifically breaking down why Mark Rober is successful. Mm -hmm. And this is a, this is all about the algorithm. And, and this is this, all these YouTubers are trying to do it. Right. He can keep your attention for 13 minutes, which is very valuable Mm -hmm. for longer. It goes the better it is for them. Yep. Yeah, because if the more you're watching YouTube, the better they can have chance on advertising. And so he'll make a ton of money on that, right? And he only puts out the content about once a month, months every two months. So it doesn't, it's actually not a massive content drop. He's very, very selective about the stuff he puts out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time he does, it works really well.
3: But he's uh, also, quickly, and, he also has a really great screen presence, kind of like The Rock, kind of like yeah. a young Dick Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas you kind of watch him and you're like, I like this guy. I like this guy. He's smart and I'm learning something, you know.
0: But if you or- tell the story, if you, if you look at the way he tells the story and they break this down, they, right off the bat, he'll tell you, this is what you were about to watch. Now let's rewind. They do the little rewind and this is how we got here.
2: Right, <laughs> right? right. Right.
0: And so he does that in a really cool way so that you know, like, okay, I'm about to watch A Maze with Squirrels. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to tell you how I got there and why I got there. He does that. And then he's like, now I'm going to build the maze with squirrels. So and he goes, you could have gone on with a massively long thing about how he built this thing. But nope, he just does it with a quick montage and yep. explains everything. <laughs> yep. right? Right, right. And then he's like, OK, now I'm going to do this. And now all you're doing is you're sitting here and watching. Are they going to finish the maze? Are they going to finish the yep. maze? Are right. they going to finish the maze? What do you do? You're watching the whole time. YouTube loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> right? Advertisement galore, man. That's yeah. It.
0: And so that's really what it comes down to. And he's, he does a really good job and you're right. Uh, the, the, Eric, he's got a great screen screen presence. Plus you learn something. Oh yeah. So, yeah, par- so, so parents are happy to watch. Like I watched it with my kids. We watched yeah. it. We love the in with that our, video when you see daughter.
1: that the square, the, the squirrel can, uh, it targets where it's going to land with its head. That's and crazy. as much as the the body is flailing around, the head is yeah. like, I'm going to land right there. And that's then so it does. Cool. I was like, I love you, squirrel. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> I wish my life worked like that. That was and made He up.
0: works really well. There's another YouTuber that's like that. And I think it's called Something New Every Day or Learning Every Day or something. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. The, uh, yeah. I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, he has who, a.
3: Who else has a really great screen presence and is a great host and is super smart like Dave Gruber I think his name is and uh is a uh, Dave 2D. Dave 2D? Yeah, I've sent you his reviews of laptops and technology. Oh, yeah, 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 He's yeah. Canadian? Yeah. yeah.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of
3: listen,
0: you guys have been waiting for this for a long time. There's a great YouTuber called a uh, huge fly fisherman. <laughs>
1: there it is. I knew we'd get there. I thought we'd he, open with it. but He's here we are. really,
0: he's really funny, and he basically teaches you about fly fishing in a hilarious way. That's the right. one you sent me. Yeah, there's a fly well, fish. Yeah, because this is
1: the way. This is the way to do it, right? It's like it doesn't matter what the subject is. It matters yep. that you yourself are an entertaining presence.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. So the this subject guy becomes interesting by default.
0: So if if listen. Cause the, here's the thing, right? Like there's obviously fly fishing is, it's the there's, a there's a lot of instruction. There's <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of instruction in fly fishing. So there's a lot of ways to make great content about fly fishing. Right. right. And so there's tons of very boring videos of like how to cast the fly rod. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you got this guy and he peppers it in with tons of gags and jokes and stupidness and goofiness, same information, much more entertaining.
1: Yeah, right. it's the, that is all that's important. There right. is a
3: guy, <laughs> I watched his show, YouTube, no joke. Yeah. He was a great host. The show was really great and it was in Arizona and he basically is a pest control guy. And he goes in where there's like hornets and bees nets. Right. But they're not just normal bees nets, guys. I mean, yeah, they're, I like,
2: even...
3: they're like hundreds of thousands, like this bees nets the size of like a computer monitor. and he goes in a full suit and they will attack him right and um it's the first sting if they get you it's what's released from that first sting. is what they use as their target point all the others and so and he's really funny and he's sitting there completely covered with these bees and like hornets like his white outfit like completely trying to get into his mask and he's like okay this is not good this is not good this is what you don't (laughs) want to do but it was like, I watched this guy. or Somebody's like, I hear a noise in my attic. You go in the attic and you, or you rip the drywall apart, it's like 40 million hornets. It's like, yeah, of course. What right. the fuck? Because there's a constant hum, says the old lady. Oh. I hear a hum all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Weird. actually really funny. And I was like, wow. Well, the, the, the
0: other thing that's funny is that this, this, this huge fly fisherman guy, he always has a running gag. Going in his thing, and that also keeps your audience because you're waiting for that gag, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, he's always drinking beer constantly, right? Mm-hmm. And he's always drinking cheap beer out of a koozie that says "Huge Fly Fisherman," right? That's- so he's always drinking a like Pabst Blue Ribbon or something like that, and oh, then he's always eating, like he always like his meal that he always takes on all of his fishing trips is fried chicken. So he always has fried chicken and beer. <sighs> like like literally like and so it's good, so silly, right? <laughs> a dream. And day. So and so he's sitting. <laughs> He was going to show you about fly fishing at uh, Alpine Lakes because he's from Colorado, right? So he's there and it's this beautiful, serene, you know, the Colorado Rockies when an Alpine Lake, there's no one around, just little things going on. And then he's like, he's, <laughs> he cracks open a beer and he's like, yeah. takes a sip and then he's like, it's 730 in the morning. <laughs>
2: What
0: wow. he says. Yeah, nice. And then he says this as a joke, you know, because it's obviously it's a joke. And then like, you know, then he's going to show you about fishing Alpine lakes, but he does it in his really funny way. And it's it's just like, it's like, oh, that's hilarious. You know? And then that's the way, you know, like, all right, I'm going to see this beautiful scenery. He's going to teach me about trout fishing and Alpine lakes while drinking beer. Uh, but it, I don't know. It's just, it's just really, and I mean, he'll teach you about the wrong way to fly, to, to cast a fly. But then he'll, he'll do a really goofy thing about that too so
2: yeah there's, yeah, there's so
0: many ways that you can just get an audience and be good about it and 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 i i don't know i just why not
1: well because like, i like i watch a lot of uh pbs has a thing on youtube called space time
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's like it's all uh fairly heavy quantum physics and physics stuff mm-hmm. um and i understand probably 12 percent of it sure more or less um but uh the the way it it's presented is so goddamn entertaining Mm -hmm. that like the 12% I do get is amazing to me and everything else is just hilarious. Like that's the way the, and I, and I really feel like watching, um, like, I don't know if this has been the same experience for you guys, but it's just like, you know, um, you know, schooling from home and all this kind of stuff, like makes it very clear to me that the, like, uh, my, like my youngest son, it's like, he's a, he's very, very smart. And I can, I can definitely say that he has learned as much from YouTube than he has from school. Like, sure. like there's so much uh, good, useful content where you can just follow where your mind wants to go. Uh, that it's sort of shocking to me.
0: Yeah, uh, I would and, love to say the same thing, but mm-hmm. uh, no, it's not. True. My kids learn more from other like, but YouTube is just a cesspool
1: sometimes. Oh, them. most of it's. Go- I mean, YouTube is mostly garbage. I mean, we can all agree on that. But it's also but just not. Like,
0: there's, there's like, there's a lot of, st- and it's hard to, to. But he's, he'll watch some guys like this guy's really cool, and he's like, it's some, some kid, mm-hmm. who has got a bunch of money and buys like this giant house and puts a oh, moat yeah. around it with a jet ski and like yeah, this, the, the standard the YouTuber.
1: Fuck? Yeah, there's loads of this. There's endless supplies of these jerks. And he's like, oh, right.
2: look
0: at that. Look, he bought this Burning huge money. house. And like, yeah, yeah. Ugh, he bought someone a yeah.
3: Lamborghini
0: as, as yeah, a dare. A no uh, joke.
3: Yesterday we go to a little <sighs> lake down the street here. My daughter and I feed turtles and the turtles are like huge. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we go to snapping this... turtles or, or, or red ear turtles or they're big snapping. They're big uh, right. like, and So we go and feed bread. So her and I sit on a bridge and just feed. And Mm -hmm. um, these kids were filming there, and they had a huge, looked like a leaf blower engine with a a line to it. You know, like you pull the line in. Mm -hmm. And the other kid is in this beautiful fountain that's just down the street, part of a park, Mm -hmm. on a board. You know, it looks like a ski board for like Mm -hmm. skiing. And he the start. These kids start the engine, and it pulls him through this thing, you know, th- this fountain at a high <laughs> speed because this engine is pulling a rope, which is like water you know, uh, right. water skiing. And it's just like, really? And the kid's filming it. I was like, of course, it's just like a YouTube idiot. Yeah, I was
1: yeah, like, this I, l- endless supply of these guys. I, really,
3: I was like, oh, please break your leg. And my daughter's like, what? Yeah. I was like, let's stick around. Maybe he'll break his leg
1: and <laughs> <gonna> laugh. But, <laughs> and then he'll get more hits. But but that's it.
3: exactly what it was. You just described <laughs> And I was like, really? You guys spent all this time to design yeah. a rope pulley system from a leaf blower and then you're filming it and through a public park
1: just like just your average cross-section of youtubers like the more you scream the more successful you are like okay. that is basically the, the model just like keep talking saying nonsense as loud as possible for an infinite period of time and you will do well now but so like there's, there's 99% of YouTube is this, but that being said, YouTube is huge and the stuff that is not that and has thought behind it I uh, is, extra- is extraordinary. And like, that is where the, like, I mean, it's user generated content. Obviously most of it's just going to be nonsense and that's fine. But what's really great is the, uh, Uh, the opportunity to take it away. I mean, like I'm very happy obviously with Netflix and the way streaming is going right now. And I'm entirely a convert to the way that this is made. Movies are made now, but the, the next thing that happens is uh, uh, people taking control of it entirely themselves via those platforms, via Twitch and uh, YouTube and, um, and TikTok. 500
0: hours of content are uploaded to YouTube every minute.
1: Every minute. Every wow. Minute. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, like, I think that Netflix ultimately has to fear what five, YouTube five billion becomes. Videos
0: are watched on five, uh, five billion videos are watched on YouTube every day.
1: Right. What? Right. And the thing mm-hmm. is, like, we, like, as you and I have been, uh, we've all been talking, things like the way that uh, you get the Unreal Engine for free, right? Uh, you can make your own uh, stories now that have a relatively high production value. Hold on like
0: a the cat wants to get out, but keep going. Talking yeah,
1: guys. no problem. Like that, you can generate stuff. That like you can generate uh, your like your own little movies that look like Blade Runner. Uh, like you're going to start seeing things that are really competitive on YouTube that are user generated entirely, made for almost no money, and they will get more views than things on Netflix. That's what that's what's going yeah. to be happening. That's cool. You know.
3: And that tool and set I, that Nvidia had is there that's the way they're thinking.
1: Yeah. This is like and this is another aspect of the COVID thing. It's just like people are now like they've been fast forwarded into thinking that way because they can't get together to shoot, right? There's a huge demand. We can't get together to shoot movies. So what technologies are available so that we can make things anyway? And that's where it's really going to start changing on the forefront of all of it. And I think that's, well, they're the also they're, they're trying
0: to shoehorn it into their old system. They're trying to solve the problem. Right. Right. It's the same right. thing that happened with, with VR It's like, well, I guess stereo's dead. So what's the next thing? VR. Yeah. Like, right. But wait, you haven't thought this VR is not stereo. Exactly. <laughs> <Right, laughs> it's not, exactly. The, it's not yeah. the evolution of stereo. Like, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah like, uh, they can't they can't get out of like they want it to like big companies want things to be as similar to their old model as possible. Right. right? Or and,
3: compartmentalized enough that it can fit into their model somehow. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And uh, what what is going to end up happening as long as I mean, like YouTube fucks over its creators as much as it can for all the money it can. Like, it, deval- it demonetizes you left and right for whatever it can. But the fact is, once you start getting people investing in you, either through Patreon or other companies paying for, you know, your videos to be made, like, mm-hmm. you control it 100% yourself. And if you – as long as you keep the, the quality high enough that your uh, audience is, is sustained, then you, then you are the provider directly you know that you don't even have to go through netflix anymore and like once people get their act, enough, act together enough to do it like that's going to be the new frontier that's why i get excited about masculine feminine even though it's a you know fucking 50 plus year old movie or whatever it is now you know like that that movie is made by someone who's thinking like uh, a cutting edge uh youtuber uh in the middle of a studio collapse you know because that's what he was you know, right. And he made something that, that was so on point and so and identifies uh, so strongly the moment politically and socially that he's in, that even though it's an old movie, we relate to it directly today. You yeah, know? right. That's the opportunity that people have right now.
0: Well, the thing that's surprising is like it, the, the, the teenagers or the, the young, young adults in this movie mm-hmm. are... So similar to the young adults today, absolutely. Like very, very, like almost like, especially in in a, in the state of rebelliousness, right? And they're right. they're they are they they are and listen, the the kids, the, the, the motivation that the that the that those, those especially the, the the men, the the, the, the two boys had, mm-hmm. was their motivation was was founded. They did they 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 were angry about Vietnam, right? Yeah, they it's were a real angry deal. About, yeah. they were angry about these situations in the world, and they were like, yeah, this is wrong. And it's like, and you know, there's a lot of you know uh, left wing people. Here, that are that are that are that are right to be upset about certain things, mm-hmm. but then they get so they're like, no, I'm going to be really angry about it, and I'm going to make really make points to the point where they de- they don't. It's like hold perspective yeah. <laughs> you know
1: and ultimately you're, you're fighting against yourself you're fighting right?
0: against yeah. yourself you're just yeah. basically just being angry for anger's sake because that's right. what you feel you need to be as opposed right. to actually trying to solve the problem right, right. and you're right. like i want to be really political ah! you know right. and then they're like oh come on just calm down and like and that's the way you know it's interesting
1: Yeah, because the thing is that like there's emotional things that are satisfied by being that mad right And and like you can see that in uh, what they're struggling in in masculine feminine is like they are all these characters have real emotional turmoil that's happening in in themselves that is unrelated to the Vietnam War. Right. But it's being uh, it's affecting what they are doing about the Vietnam War and how that and and it's motivating them uh, to do things because they don't know where else to put their energy. Right. Right. And so there are real things and real things that they're protesting against, you know, people like people dying and, uh, in, in like in mil- uh, on scales of millions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's directly referenced when the dude fucking you know, lights himself on a fire, which you see off screen, as you pointed out, right. like that's a direct Vietnam reference because you can see the footage of the monk that does that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but the way that they react to it is to sort of distance themselves from it and pretend like it kind of wasn't real. Right. You know. And like that's the like that is uh that's the state I think we are all in right now. Where it's kind like
3: kind of not real is what a lot of the characters, particularly Sonny Bono was like.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Like right? There's, right. A, there's a preferred universe that they want to live in, and that universe may be fictional. And that's right. what Sonny Bono and uh and uh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Harry, Harry are living in, right? Right. Yeah. You know, it's like when uh, what's it when the when she the, the girl wins and is driving around in the little bubble car right. i was like yeah she's literally driving around in her own little bubble <laughs> like that's yes. the world that she prefers mm-hmm. you know and that's and that is like that is the that's definitely the doesn't want to accept
3: that's reality of guys right. yeah, will you give me one second while you go sure. okay give me yeah. one
0: second all right Wait, yeah should we stop talking or should we
1: i don't know it's we can talk about eric <laughs> But yeah, it was a great, uh, it was a great pick. That was, uh, I, I, I hadn't seen, uh, either of those in a while. And, yeah. Uh,
0: I was, I forgot I had Musky Night for a and I had, I was paired it with something else. And then suddenly I was like, no, 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 wait, 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 yeah. we gotta yeah. do, we gotta do something different. Um. Because,
1: uh, like, I really do – I was really surprised how affected I was by Hairspray just because, like, uh, I think when I saw it, like, I wasn't, like, obviously I agreed with it, uh, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't, like, uh, emotionally uh, attached to any political moment in that, uh, you know, when the movie came out. Like, 1988, you know, I was, you know, I was 17 years old and living on – cape cod so like uh, it was just right. sort of abstract uh mm-hmm. but i liked the movie um but watching it today i'm like holy smokes not only is this like directly connected to what's happening today it's right. offering a uh, a caring argument uh for how to react that i think is really necessary that is really absent for us right now.
0: I've uh, seen this movie many, many times because Karen is a big John Waters fan and Hairspray sure. is a, uh, a big thing. And I'd seen it I'd seen it a couple times before Karen. But Karen, listen, I bought her like the John Waters box set. We get every time a John Waters film come out. I've actually went to go see John Waters himself uh, at the Delray great. Theater. Uh, yeah, like, perfect, it was, perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah oh god i love that dude yeah what yeah. what a, And like the just the image of when because he's in the movie briefly
0: um yes oh he's the psychiatrist
1: the psychiatrist uh trying to uh make what's like hypnotize a penny a
0: penny uh, penny, uh, penny pingleton yeah.
1: okay so he's got like the spinning uh and you he know,
0: just uh, and, and then he gives her this giant like cattle prod shock therapy to make her not like black people like, oh, it's no, you want to date black funny. people zap, zap zap oh my god
2: <laughs> so
1: it's so ridiculous so and, like, stupid little little spinning hypnosis machine 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 and oh my god it's just utterly idiotic and like and that was big in
0: the 60s remember shock therapy and weird hypnosis was like that was big in the 60s that was a
1: big deal yeah exactly and uh, it's like the dumbest version of mk ultra you could possibly ask for and the uh and like what's what's really great in in him doing this and he's having such like it almost like he almost breaks the fourth wall i mean not only in his own presence but just the performance is like obviously silly and he's enjoying himself right right um like it it says something about the people who are who would want this to happen. Like you can imagine, it's just like the the uh, the the people that want to like uh, who think you can um, you know uh, uh, treat uh, being gay as some sort of disease that's curable, right? You know? And then yeah, almost yeah. all of the heads of those uh, of those groups turn out to be gay. Of course, one hundred percent. <laughs> like it's amazing yeah.
3: and so well, that's, like that's, having that's, John Waters
1: play this guy I was just like that's miraculous like it's such a, a joyful and ridiculous way to talk well, about well it's, it's really like the,
0: the the situation with what's the Jerry Falwell whatever like His, you know, yeah Junior
2: oh god yeah
0: yeah it's like okay
2: yeah. Yep.
1: Well
0: you're trying to teach abstinence and here you are hiring someone to have sex with your wife. So Yeah,
1: it's that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> like yeah, and it's like and, and coming coming at that kind of nonsense with a little bit of uh empathy, uh, I think is the right it was the right choice. And that's what mm. he does constantly. Uh even though his by the end of hairspray it's actually, you know, this it gets pretty serious. As serious as the movie's ever gonna get, it gets at the end. Right. And uh and the imagery is really sort of startling. You know, it matches the news today. Uh, But his constant sort of like positive uh, view of humanity in general overwhelms uh, all the possible sadness and cynicism. Well,
0: you know, it's what's really great about it. And again, like you said, this is 1988. This is this is a different. Yeah, it, it it it's friendly towards everyone, including, you know open list about uh, gay people obviously with divine sure. and stuff it, but also you know, even though they, no one's actually talked about being gay on the on the and the, the thing but there's also friendly towards body type you know friendly yeah. towards yeah. Uh, 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 towards black people mm-hmm. uh, dealing with their their struggle you know yep. in a very good way it's a, it's a very relevant film especially today oh yeah today.
1: That? and it's and it's not uh, like uh, like i love stuff like like there's a there's this incredible moment in that movie where uh, where you have um, this very uh, emotional and moving song is being sung on a stage. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all the kids are dancing to it and they sort of like walk out to go make out because they're, you know, it's a it's a big love song. That's oh playing, it's so right. Funny. <laughs> and uh, and then this uh, they're, they're making out in this like kind of nasty alleyway. Right.
0: Disgusting alleyway.
1: Disgusting alleyway.
0: To the point of yeah. And it's like it's so romantic. So romantic, right? <laughs> and, and there's a rat like right. like crawling across your foot.
1: And then this uh, this homeless dude uh, comes walking through, uh, who is black, and he's got like booze with him, and like you think it's going to be played as a gag, but he's singing along with the song, and he's obviously really feeling the emotion of the song, and so like like the what's what's really awesome is like the joke becomes the kids who are making out, as opposed to the like isn't it funny that a homeless guy is walking through? You're like, no, the homeless dude is actually like he's on point. He's recognizing the beauty of the moment. Right, and it's it's such a weird, uh, and amazing thing to do.
0: But then it also makes fun, it makes fun of white people trying to be black people.
1: Oh, it's yeah. incredible. There's
0: some yeah. beautiful when they were lines, like, when they were like, it was like, I wish I was dark skinned. Oh yeah, well, like, our, our souls are black, Tracy. Our souls are black. Yeah. Oh my god, it's <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, like I like you no, man. it's and there's some people who are like, oh my gosh.
2: No, like, I had an
0: ex girlfriend. that was like that. It was like, yeah, well, like, hey, the she insisted like, she was black. You know, and she was like very,
1: very white. Well, like, these, like, these, like yeah, that you have uh, like Tracy is is like she's really feeling these feelings and the way in which it's expressed is slightly ridiculous. But right. he's still he still is caring about what she where she's at. You know, right. and I think that that's what's great about it. like it's not just making raw fun of someone like this. Something like happened
0: it, with someone's audio. There's a yeah. scratching sound. I'm not sure. It's me. Is it from your side? Your your headphones did something different. Did you change positions, Daniel?
1: I may have. I may have moved. Something weird happened.
0: Is it me? All
1: right. I'm wiggling the thing. Is it doing something?
3: Yeah, no, you're Some... All right. there's How a about scratchy, me? scratchy sound. Let me pause let me turn mine off and tell me if it's turning. Turn too your long. Mute, mute yours
0: for a second. No, it's from Dan
2: no hell okay yeah uh, uh, okay. let me see no?
1: yeah no it's <laughs>
0: something rubbing against your beard
1: uh maybe could be could be hand okay, okay is, there you go is, is this better now Soft. yeah where was it it's, like, be, it's because the microphone mic? is literally in my beard
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly <but laughs> I, I was like wait a
0: minute <laughs> it's so scratchy it, it, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was it was it was that's funny because it was not only did it change it changed there's a scratchy sound but it was muffled too because
1: so it, <laughs> it was like having a cat on your microphone
0: it's like having a cat yeah. on your microphone yeah it was good. But yeah so, no they,
1: they like they think the the scenes to compare in these two movies are uh like when they're making out and like she's saying these sort of like like patently ridiculous but very earnest things right. you know um whereas you compare that to the scene on the train in masculine and feminine right. where uh the two the two guys are witnessing the scene with a, a white woman and two black men right uh and she was so rude to them it's yeah it, it's a really it's a very sort of energy it's a very charged scene Well, oh, it's very racist and it's yeah and it's it's really it's a hard, it's the hardest part of the movie to watch right. and uh and he is uh like like what the guy the the, the primary guy is talking it you know, like casts a look over at the two main characters the two guys and starts saying like you know you guys you know, like look at these idiots like they think that they're in touch with uh you know, our struggle because mm-hmm. they like you know whatever uh you know a a black uh, like a blues singer Right you know, and like it's such a uh, it's such a harsh and sad moment in the middle of it. like what is otherwise a pretty light movie uh yeah. and it's punctuated by off more off screen violence right you know and like it's uh in both of these things, both scenes like the make out scene and that uh are kind of talking about the same thing. You know, like how, like, here's a person, you know, like Ricky Lake, you know, really wants to feel like she's a part of somebody else's struggle, right? right. Uh, because she feels the emotions that she's feeling. And these, and this, you know, like, struggle is real and her connectedness to it is real. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, the way that she phrases it, you go, like, whoa, hang on there, my friend. <laughs> like, I was right. a little, that sounded a little weird, right? Yeah. Uh, and like in, in hairspray, it's pointed out as being, like it's gently pointed out to be sort of silly, and then you watch in masculine, feminine. It's like the the real thing is pointed out. Right. Uh, and like, don't pretend like you deeply know what is going on when it's not been your experience at all. Right. Uh, and like, you can empathize, but you should be careful of you know uh, pretending you're in the situation that you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a it's a it's a really like. Uh, those two things together sort of wrap up uh, the meaning of both of those films, this double feature to me, very, very strongly.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What because was the like thread the, that you saw? Pardon me, Dan. That was a really, really great point. I just was curious what his thread, your thread, you felt like, because we had done Jesse James and I don't know what the reason was. I just had a feeling mm-hmm. those two tied together. And then you came up with this tied together and I was trying to figure some of that out. I had theories, but I was curious what
1: your yeah. What really queued it up for you?
3: For me? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I wanted to I, because I saw *Masculine Feminine*. I, I was like, okay, and I thought I was like, oh, this is a really good film. I love that film. I really loved it, and I've seen it many times. Uh, but uh, and I thought I was like, this is going to be relevant because of the youth. Trying to you know deal with a political thing and mm-hmm. or not understanding it seriously, so all of that stuff made sense. And then I was, then the 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 question is, what would be the second film, right? right. And the, the 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 I I just was thinking about it, and because it's such a you know artsy film, and I think I picked another. I don't even remember what was it. Say, and I really really want to remember. Let me see what it was. Let's keep that.
3: Watch it be uh, Sharky's machine, Dan. No, like, Sharky's wait a minute. That's it. Gator. That's Did the me. one. Uh, no, it was.
1: Uh, Bert Reynolds. I can watch Bert Reynolds all damn day long.
3: Chew gum. We should do a podcast on Burt and just chew gum the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: oh right. I wanted to do Musculin Femina and then Saturday Night Fever.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And, I love and Saturday Night Fever. And, Fever That's good, and,
0: and because Saturday Night Fever has a, There's a lot of similarities Between those characters mm-hmm. Those two characters But then Saturday Night Fever Has a completely different vibe But that's also A very serious film And then as I was thinking I like I think it needs to be Something that's, that juxtaposes it But both so came suddenly from, from Short stories came to mind.
3: What was that? Both came from short stories Yeah uh, I did but, not know
1: that I did not
0: know that yeah,
3: Saturday Night Fever Was an article In New York Magazine
1: oh, That's uh, great that's great, man. That movie is under, under underrated. I love. That. I oh, love it's, that one that, it's one of my favorites.
3: It's one of my favorites. Two, uh, two.
1: Oh, staying no. alive. Of course, it's amazing. I know, give me no, two. No, not, but, not, but, but give me
3: way. two slices. Give me two. Yeah. Oh, oh, two <laughs>
1: slices. Oh my
0: god. The, I, I, I could watch that opening scene.
2: <laughs> it's over like, and over and over. I again. used to get
0: my, Co- holding two slices of pizzas and carrying a can of paint and checking girls' butts as he's walking. I used the to sidewalk. go and get my like, oh pizza my at Joe
3: Junior's with uh, the character from Spider-Man used to work at that the pizza place. It's thick's and bleaker, and I lived yeah. on bleaker. And I remember I went because I always get a cold piece, slices of pizza, put them together and eat it while going down the street. My buddy Duncan's like, Jesus, you're Travolta. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> so like, good. you're kind of right. I, I was like, right in front of Bleaker Bob's like, you're right. I'm eating cold pizza on a right. summer day. Two slices stacked upon each other with little parm on top. Yeah. It's like,
2: hey, oh, yeah.
3: hey, Tony, let's go dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, you got a beard problem again.
2: <laughs> God damn it, what is happening? It just gets in there.
1: <laughs> this gets up in there. I don't know what of <laughs> it its own.
0: Well, at least know what it is now, at least we can identify yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> that's shave I, a little
1: ball patch right there.
0: So I think that's what I what I wanted and then and then I you know, it's kind of a, it all fell together like it was like, "Oh, wow, hairspray is about, you know, there's a lot of black nice matters in there and all the other stuff." And so I was like, "Well, I think it worked out."
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. It's great. Real great combo. I've been very, I've been very proud of us in our strange combinations.
0: I think it's been good. Well, it's, it's been, been very good.
1: interesting. It's now, very, I interesting. I have given.
0: Months. I have. Lily has been very, very passionate about some anime stuff, and she's been watching some pretty, pretty damn. Let
1: me, let me have it, man. I love. <laughs> so I, Olivia
3: also wants to do one about Jaws because she watches it nonstop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. And she's have like, we when done Jaws
3: is- yet? No. And she's no, like, not when for is not Chris- for this
1: show. If we did it for. Um, uh, uh, the previous show. Did we? Yeah, we did. We covered it. we covered it as part of something else, I believe. But we never done it specifically for this. And we never done it with Eric, so we should do it.
3: Well, my daughter's like, I want to. You know how you did? Of course. And I was like, yeah. She's like, have they said yes? I was like, well, like, I'll yeah, ask of him. Of course, we do it. I say like, Dan wants to, but Chris doesn't. You know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is.
0: It's Chris. It's we Chris. don't usually like to have
1: women on the show
3: no they <laughs> should be at home
1: <laughs> i think we should have, i think we should have lily on to talk about anime uh, yeah and then we should do the jaws one right after that I think so that i know
0: I, i've been struggling i've been trying to tell her like give her some hints because i mean she you know when we do our, a double feature it's it's kind of it's it we we kind of have a feeling of what how that double feature should work so part of me is like Trying to give her some ideas of like what you can do, but m- maybe help her with the double featureness thing. Uh, I also told her is like try to find an anime that's because there's a lot of anime that it's more young adult yeah. kind of yeah angst teenager stuff, sure, Right. which is great for her and she wants to watch that. It's cool. And it's like try to find something that's a little bit you know uh, that would possibly you think adults would like to watch.
3: Too, well, Olivia's right? done Jaws one through four. Okay. And watched them numerous times, and still does not understand Jaws four. Like, why would they make that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> Michael can has an answer for her. Yeah, but what is what? it. Yes, Jaws. Is it, is Jaws it, I, I can talk about
3: Jaws for days.
2: Yep, literally days. ever. Yeah, yeah. Jaws uh, two,
0: Jaws three.
2: Th-
0: mm. I'll, I'll, uh, Jaws two. I can, three. Uh, three like, three's don't a don't tough one to three's it,
1: three's its own wondrous thing because I don't, it don't it think has I can do whatsoever that. to do with Jaws and as Louis Gossett Jr. I, Dennis I Quaid, Master it. Armstrong, it's its own beautiful in piece like of work. I, I've seen thing.
0: it once. Yep. I've seen it once. I saw it in <laughs> the theaters and I saw it in stereo. Mm-hmm. I think it was might have been my first stereo film.
3: My first or, was Halloween. Oh, nice. No, you know what I think my first
0: Halloween film is. My first stereo film was was crawl, crawl, crawl.
1: I didn't know they had stereo printed that.
3: Pretty sure it was. Well, yeah. By the way, I found those glasses uh, going through my bookshelves. The Stereo glasses? The stereo glasses for Halloween. Nice. They folded up and wedged in an old book.
2: Were
0: they they anaglyph or were they polarized?
3: Red and blue.
0: So anaglyph. Yeah, and I have them somewhere. I still have them. We actually when stereo thing was starting to come out and be popular, we actually bought, this is not come out and be popular. When it was starting to come out again, the, the new resurgence of it, we bought two camcorders, identical camcorders.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we had a rig that we made. So to like offset to try, it? What is it, like 0.62? So, uh, yeah. Well, whatever whatever yeah. we could to do. And then we had a whole syncing system with a clapper to work. That's on, so cool. And then we, because uh, we would like click. At first, I tried to, like because they were identical camcorders, and it had a remote. And since I could just click the remote, and it would both start at the same time because the remote would fire the same signal, and they would both start. But it wasn't quite sync, so we did a clapper thing. But, but then we we basically could do an anaglyph thing. So we had some <laughs> Ken and I. We went on a vacation in in, in Hawaii, and we have some shots of That's Hawaii cool. that we shot in stereo. <laughs>
3: it's kind of funky that's really cool yeah you is it still did it hold up
0: i don't know i haven't seen it in years but i remember we did it yeah yeah i don't know where it is it's somewhere on our server i think hopefully that's (laughs) cool that's cool Uh, i i I don't know i don't i don't always feel see value in stereo that much anymore i know some people really love it dan you still like it right dan Dan, uh oh, did we lose Dan?
1: Are you, can you hear me now? Yeah. Now. Okay, there you go. What I, happened? I don't know. I clicked on something. <laughs> okay. it, it's unclicked. <laughs> it's
0: unclicked.
1: Yeah, uh. I'm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still a stereo fan. I love. Uh, I love. I, I. 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 Dearly wish for the day when stereo no longer requires headgear. Whenever they come up with a solution to that, where you can just go to the movies and it is in three D with no extra glasses or whatnot then that will be when people like it, but I still love it right now.
3: I, I can't do it because of my sir- eyes. Of oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, it, I have, like I, I
1: understand a... why people, I understand why it's, a, it's a, like, it's in a double bind. 3d is in a double bind because, uh because you have to wear this annoying headgear, like what you're going to see better be worth it to wear the headgear. And if it, if it's too 3D and too in your face, then people are just like, it was just too in your face. And if it's not 3D enough, then you're like, why do I wear the headgear? <laughs> so it's like, it gets stuck both ways. Yeah,
0: uh, and, Because uh, I remember when we did Tron, it was like, you know, we were very subtle with the stereo so that it yeah. wouldn't be, so you could still enjoy, and it wasn't like, wah! Right? right? And then we're like,
1: Everyone complained the about
0: stereo it. was terrible because you didn't see anything in stereo. It's like, well... <laughs> We pushed yeah, it exactly. back in the screen. It was more yeah. realistic. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: And the thing is, I mean, that's like, it's like the uh, it's like the Woody Allen gag with uh, when he says, uh, you know, the the women's at Catskill Mountain Resort, you know, just like the food here is terrible in such small portions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like that's what people feel about that. Exactly and I, and I right. get it. Yeah. But it's like, I, I think that once you're by the, once it's entirely passive and it doesn't require anything from you and it's just like looking into a window, right. then people will see the value of it.
0: Right. Ooh. Yeah. And it was the... The there was uh, the thing like for example, I've watched once one of the Star Wars films. Oh, the 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 the, the new trilogy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, What the Millennium Falcon uh, chase in the desert thing?
1: Oh yeah, sequence.
0: And they saw that in stereo, and they exaggerated the stereo so much that it looked like a miniature, right? And I was like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And it lost all of its speed. It didn't mm-hmm. look good, because like, I saw it in 2D, and it looked awesome, because right. it was to scale, you know? And they exaggerated the stereo, so you would see the Millennium Falcon in the foreground and the, everything in the background. But if the Millennium Falcon now looks teeny, because you have so much de- distance between the Millennium Falcon and the background... That yeah, it looks like a
3: toy. It looks like a toy. You right. know, it's interesting. I feel like what really makes a difference is when... Uh, my old writing partner. You got beard me. problems again, Dan.
1: Yeah, uh, sorry, that was uh, that was unintentional.
3: He's sanding the hull <laughs> of back. his boat while he's doing this. <laughs> just, it does sound like that. It's got a lot of build up on this, but you guys keep talking. I'm going to get her seaworthy in two days, so I don't want to lose any time. So. Shitting all the lacquer. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm a little dizzy, guys. I don't know where I am. Sorry. I lost my eyesight from the, from the lacquer. <laughs> She's got to be seaworthy. Um, right. is the, well, he took my old writing partner said, Oh, let's go see. Labor Runner 2049, and we went to some theater in Santa Monica which had this super sound system, latest. That makes a difference. Sure. Like the immersive sound, it just was like behind me was like rain sounds. It was like, what? That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I prefer like great audio. And the theater was empty. You felt like Elvis. And it was just like awesome. Mm-hmm. That is better than wearing a headset.
1: Yeah, well, wearing, if you had to wear like uh, heavy earphones to have great sound, it would be annoying. And I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, If it's totally passive and it's great, then it's great. No, that's what's going to
0: happen for 3D. I prefer yeah. I prefer wearing good headphones and hearing the sound completely immersive that way. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. I have really good headphones. <laughs> so what true. are those? This Bose. No. Uh, no, these are the Sony M X One Thousands. They're the they're the best noise canceling headphones out there.
3: I have the MX 1100. I think it's just a little bit better, but nope, it's fine. You don't because this is the this is actually <laughs> the this is the this is uh, this is the 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 um this
0: is the uh, uh uh first gen. There's now fourth. The fourth gen is like really good, but I'm not about to spend another $400 on headphones again. <laughs> so. That's a lot of money. So but you know what? It. I got it from when I was traveling a lot because on the yeah, plane it was it. like yeah. amazing. Yeah, and didn't you say you touch? And it turns off. Yeah, you touch this, and then it actually pipes in the outside sound, and then you let go. So I I, I call it the can I get another gin and tonic <laughs> feature. And if you put both, it's a scratchy beard sound. Well, it also has another thing. So there's these different modes you can click on here. So there's one where it'll cancel out the noise, but it'll still keep voice like so, you can still hear voice. So if you're at an airport, it'll cancel out all the rumbling. But if there's an announcement of your flight, you could, that'll that'll come through. Hmm. So yeah, it's kind of crazy what it can do. It's beautiful. But the the new versions have like the noise canceling that is sensitive to the air pressure as well. So that when you're on an airplane, it'll change the air pressure of the of the of the noise canceling. That's crazy. It's like, so it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah, they're very comfortable and I can wear them for days. So, and, uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Immersive sound is, is, is different. Yeah. Yeah. But you can actually get, you can actually get full surround sound from headphones just by imitating essentially, uh, what is, what's, what's the word? Uh, this is what we
1: were, when we had, uh, the bad boy, Bubby yes. uh, episode, we talked about this. Yes.
0: The, 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 what's the weird. Forgot the those microphones. Are
1: the closed. stereoscopic sound, whatever it was. Yeah, because yeah. uh, like the the because you only have two ears, you should be able to have a full sonic experience that doesn't right. sound like it's simply coming from two directions.
0: Right, and it's because of the
3: shape of your ears. Yes, yes. Right. right. There right. is a new set of headphones, which is basically um, they're practice headphones for guitarists. So you right. put the, they look like your headphones right there, Chris. Yep. But they have a, a jack you know, to go into your guitar mm-hmm. with a a connector. Yep. And you just put it into your guitar and you play, but... So the the headphones are the amp. Yes, but you hit a button, then it saves your location. So then you can turn around and you are, your back is facing the amp, which has wow. a different sound. And then you can go behind the amp, which is more air thrust out of the back. Right. Totally different sound. So it sounds like you're in a room. So if you go to the corner left of the room, it now remembers where the amp was placed where you said sit here and wow. you can get, mm-hmm. and go completely around it.
1: Yeah, this this is my it's
3: question a it's, like a VR,
0: it's like a VR headset. VR sound. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. It's called wall. Yeah, like, uh, it's uh, so cool.
3: It's yeah, cheap, I, I was thinking,
1: I, I was always wondering like if you could if you can have this, why not just have you know like walk up to uh you know the edge while he's playing a solo and you hear that much more clearly and it's in 3D physical space that'd be really fascinating.
3: Yeah, that's what it does. You know? And it's so yeah. simple in their thought, but it's it's genius, dude. It really is uh quite incredible. So
0: Yeah, interesting. I'll send it to you right now. I see I am I'm, I'm looking at it, I looked it up. Um, I'm wondering if you could utilize some of this in different ways like adapt it not Boss just for guitars, makes great, um
3: for yeah, different yeah. virtual production stuff you can I'm, without a doubt see because if you go there bosses makes they make all the great pedals right and amplifiers and they also make guitar synths these guys wireless systems uh their stuff is pretty damn cool so you should right. look into that chris
2: yeah. see
3: they have wireless systems there too if you go to yeah. the wireless section for Bose.
2: Yeah. Really
3: cool. So check that
0: out hyper realistic 3d environments waza, waza Yeah, that's really nifty that is interesting
3: Huh So you literally set your your and uh, you're it I'll be honest when you are playing and if I'm playing in a real tube Amp, and I'm behind it. The sound is completely a of different. Course it is yeah And then if I'm in front of it or my backs to it, it's like a totally different feel and right. uh, the way so it pushes. So it's air. not
0: just tracking your
3: rotation of your head, it's also tracking your walking around, right? That's right. So you can say, I could be five feet ahead, but it knows that my back is to the amp. And then I can play and turn, and it's, I'm facing the amp, and the sound is different. Right. So it's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. that's a great. Uh, and it makes a difference. You totally feel you're in a space with that, yeah. and it's all here in your head.
0: Yeah, and then you, no, then awesome. you don't bother your you know, spouse or your roommate or whatever.
3: That's yeah, the that's one right. side, and, right. and the, um, the other thing is, is like on one of my older amps, I have a thing called a power break, which I spent 400 dollars on, and it basically, you plug out of the tubes into this and then out to the amp, uh, to the speaker, my Celestians, mm-hmm. but it runs, it's super hot, so it takes it all the way, you turn everything up to 10, but it only comes out at like one, but at the, the grit and the feel of 10. Do you mm. know what I mean? So it, it, it's an impedance, so it basically runs everything hot, but then takes it down to a small amount, but it still feels right. sounds like a, a gritty high guitar, which right. you would kill right. all your neighbors. But that was it. does the same thing, but it's all in the software. Right. So there's nuance is what is what I guess I'm saying that is now part of that. And that'd be interesting. You know, everything is going to start picking up that sound nuance, which makes such a difference. In knowing that you're there and you feel it. And like I was saying with Blade Runner, hearing the rain behind me.
1: Oh, yeah. And the sound design in that movie in particular is really outlandishly good. That's right. But
3: when you you can have a flat screen, but when you hear the rain behind you. Oh, yeah. You're immersed. And, right. Absolutely, and right. and it's having something on you like a rig just takes it oh, away. it's just annoying. Yeah, yeah just, like
1: this, this is what I mean. It's well, like on in, top of that, I,
0: you you cut down the lumens, right? So you don't get as much brightness out of that's it. That's true. So yeah. It's like wearing like these, it's these where, are, you're wearing sunglasses in the movie theater. It's like
1: I can I can imagine you know in you know twenty years in the future or whatever it is, you'll be able to go to a large screen thing, and it will just be like looking into the world of Blade Runner. Like you look into the regular world, and you know, no one's going to complain about it because it's just going to look normal. You know, like that's not going to be like, a, well, sure. I mean, I like don't know. Don't I mean, complain the, about the, reality. The, well, we, <laughs> you know? we keep saying
0: this, like you know, in twenty years we're going to have flying cars, and the fact is, flying cars are not practical or good, right? Well, Well, certainly like
1: there's that question as to whether or not it will be like, I don't think it's going to be like necessarily theatrical, but like the fact is like people don't mind wearing headgear when it's VR because that's the full experience. Do they?
0: I think people do mind wearing headgear.
1: Well, right. But I mean, like (laughs) it's satisfying enough that they'll put up with the headgear.
0: No, not Uh, necessarily. There's a lot of people who refuse to put on the headgear. Right. It's act, there's only the people who really want to be in VR that's like, you know, I don't care what it does to my hair. I don't care about getting right. the ring around my nose. I don't care about right. this or so that. So, like,
1: uh, the, the optimal thing, though, is to try to get to the point where, like, there is no there's almost no headgear noticeable. Sure. Right. Right. And so, when that is true, like, uh, the, what I'm going to want to do, and I, I'm sure I've said this before, it's like, I'm going to want to go to 42nd Street in New York in 1973 and go see a movie. Like, that's what I want, I want to do, yeah. you know, and like, uh, like, that is the experience that I want to have. And like, I want to go like, and like, I want to go and see, like, I want to see a, a movie in 3D uh, in a theater of my choosing with the people that I want to be there. You know, here's here's like, that's the kind of experience. I'm gonna here's want to
3: something have. that goes exactly what we were talking about two hours ago where you guys were saying, because I did most things in my life perfectly, but you guys were saying like, oh, to go back into your regrets. Your your regrets, right? And it makes Mm -hmm. you cringe of what you did when you were younger. Mm -hmm. I was joking Mm -hmm. about me being perfect. Um, But imagine if you can go back in time and it's so realistic. Would you want to? Because it's going to remind you. God, I really fucked up my relationships back then. Why do I want?
1: You know, <laughs> I would like to see the pers- a different perspective of some you know, sometimes, sometimes I'm I get ca- yes, I get absolutely. caught into
0: like, sometimes I get caught into things of like what the why are you still obsessed like a, like why is it you still letting this get? I'll give you an example. There was a long thirty years ago. I was house sitting for someone, and they asked me to start the dryer for them. And I completely forgot and it went the whole weekend and the dryer, like, had, like the washing machine had like clothes in it and I just forgot. And I did everything right. else, but I forgot about the dryer. And then after I finished the house sitting, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about the dryer. I still obsess about that 30 Ooh. years later.
1: Yeah. And it has nothing to do with reality no. anymore at all whatsoever. No. <laughs> exactly. I'm I still like, oh yeah.
0: shit, I never forgot the dryer.
1: Yeah, I'm such an <laughs> irresponsible person a... 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm really letting them down right now 30 years ago.
0: What's wrong with <laughs> me? Yeah.
1: yeah. No, everyone's got it. Everyone's got that problem for sure. I, mean, I, I I mean I think that like the there's certain things that I would like to just experience that I think are like say for instance I would love to be able to go to 42nd Street in 1973 and not be killed. Like it'd be like I would want a modified version of that experience. Uh, but like, that's, I don't think of that as nostalgia. I just like the vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I like the, what that represents. But I think there's yeah. a lot
0: of, there's a lot of people who were like, I loved my youth. Right. right. There's a lot and of I people who, had, who had very good high school experiences who were popular or whatever. Right. That, that, or it's not clearly not the three of us in high school. We're not those what? people but I, I, but but I
1: had a lovely high school experience but I'm glad that I I not that anymore.
0: Right. So so there's there's some people like,
1: yeah, high school was great. This was
2: happening. That's yes, time in my
0: life. And those people are stuck there. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's
2: a drag.
1: It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm a, uh, you know, is ah, like I I, ha- I think that, I
0: hate to say there's a quote from Friends. <laughs> remember.
1: Oh, I love Friends. Go for it.
0: I'm not a big friends fan anymore, but there was a thing where Monica was like this, this, the popular kid in school, And she was gonna. It's like, oh my god, he asked me out. He's like, he was the most popular kid in high school. And then she went out on a date with him. And it, and she goes, remember how I always wanted to go out with with the with that guy in high school? He goes, well, I just did. (laughs) Meaning, he never grew up. He was still the same. He was still like stuck in that time. And he's like, I'd moved on. And apparently, he hadn't because that was the best time for him, and he had no reason to get out of it. Right. Wow. Yeah.
1: Nostalgia is poison. That's all there is to it. There's nothing else. There's there is right now. And that's that. Right. <laughs> like, like but, I, it's like what I was saying. Like at the, know, time, love... a, at
0: the same time, at the same time, there is an important part to learn from history, right? Like from these two films, what I learned is like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, baby boomers when they were twenty were just like millennials today, the same, exactly the same. <laughs> right. The same. And so it has nothing to do with baby boomers being better than other than, than millennials. Millennials nope. are are. It's not that they were born now or they're privileged now. It's like. Baby boomers were just as bad, just yeah. as
1: bad. And I had, like, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and I have the same, I, I felt the same way when I was that age. Right. And, like, that's the age. Right. You know, I think that there's
0: different, that, different like, issues we were struggling
1: with. Yeah, sure. Like, there's there's different stressors and different technologies and different ways of expressing this, but the emotions are identical. Right. You know, like, and they're they're going to be applied to bigger or smaller things. Right. Like, you know, for, like, for me in my 20s, like, there wasn't, like, there was, you know, the, what, the Iraq war. You know, right. but it was it was this it was a minor thing in our lives. You know, it was this sort of like a sideshow. Right. It wasn't a minor thing for anyone who was there, obviously. Well, uh, there's this like the, moment
0: right now that's going to be. But a,
1: this, yeah, like this this moment happen. right now is politically intense on every possible level. Mm-hmm. Right, it's bigger than anything we've seen for you know fifty or sixty years, and uh, that's why watching masculine feminine, you go. Oh shit! This is one of those moments, and uh, and I'm glad that masculine and feminine is both uh, both critical and celebratory of people's experience and choices in those moments because right. that's really unique. And normally, people try to make themselves look really good and like uh, have a heroic stance on these things and make themselves into the good the good guys. And masculine and feminine doesn't do that, but it doesn't do that at the at the expense of what they're talking
2: about. Yeah, right.
1: Like the like what though like the values and the ideals that they're talking about are still valid their feelings about them are still valid but they're 20 these guys are 20 of course they're fucking stabbing around they don't know what they're doing you know and cut them cut them some slack in that regard and know Remember that they, they believe be in something that you know to be true yeah so right good yeah no i love that yeah that's um, <laughs> what was what
0: was the <laughs> ultimate gen x thing that was kind of like uh it went over the top um with it was with um yeah what's i her know name?
3: something Lose or No, no,
0: no, por, no, 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 um, no, 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 um Portland? Uh, no, it was, oh, no, you're, oh, you, oh, I know what you're thinking. Of. The one in Seattle,
1: that yeah. one. Oh, yeah, uh, Reality Bites. Yeah. Reality
0: Bites, that's not in Seattle, that's in
1: Houston. Is that in Houston? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's in Houston, okay.
0: Reality Bites. I, thought, I haven't seen that in a the, time. Reality Bites, and then there was another one with. No, Reality uh, Bites was Seattle, because Pearl Jam. No, 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 it wasn't.
1: Uh There's uh in Suburbia. No. Suburbia
0: uh there's uh, 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 another one yeah. gen x seattle movie what was it 25 movies to define genera- generation x oh uh, hit me uh reality bites from 1994 before right. sunrise 1995.
1: Yeah. without a doubt yeah high fidelity yeah. from yeah i love that oh, movie.
0: empire yeah. record from 1995 breakfast cl- breakfast club what Heathers, uh, Heathers. Uh, Sammy Anything, for sure. singles, yep. that's what we're thinking of. Singles, yes. yes. Singles. singles, 1992. Yep. Cameron Crowe. Yeah, and yep. Dazed and Confused, which is also yep. fabulous, 93. Yep. Clerks, 94. Fight Club, 99. Yep. St. Alamos, Fire, Do the Right Thing, Slacker from 1990, and C-No Man. Wow. Oh, gross point blank that's amazing. i love gross it. point blank Hack- oh that's a good one hackers 95 <laughs> that's a terrible movie it's missing 96 <laughs> train spotting mm-hmm. 96 definitely train spotting wayne's world that's interesting boys in the hood 91 mm-hmm. that's a
1: really good one. Pulp fiction's got to be on there virtually every tarantino so you know uh
0: it'll be. ferris bueller's day off big daddy mm-hmm.
1: that's weird though. oh yeah that's interesting a lot of people identify with sampler. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: pump up the volume 1990 oh great film yeah, yeah
1: that's great john on malkovich
0: yep. 99 that's interesting this is an interesting list
1: yeah um, Yep. Yeah. yeah it's true from is a there, site called distractify <laughs> yeah there you go makes sense
0: yep uh
1: yeah yeah, my uh Singles, I that's the um, one
0: it was but reality yeah. bites was yeah that was in houston i remember because it was all filmed in houston i remember it all they, they did a screening at rice university
1: for it specifically because of that so yeah i haven't seen either of those in a long time i'm i don't know if they would hold up i don't very well.
0: think i don't think uh reality bites is gonna hold up at all
1: well, whereas like Before Sunrise holds up incredibly well in a totally different way because not only is it followed up by two other great films, right. but like uh, uh, when I first saw uh, Before Sunrise, like I identified with it like as uh, as the people in it. Right. Right. Uh, and now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, man, that's what I was like. And so it's valuable in a different way. Right. You know, and it's just as just as good. But like I'm in a place in my life that's much closer to the second film than it is to the, uh, the first film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it, and like that, and, and like, that's the kind of thing, like art that ages and changes, uh, as it ages, as you age, right. Is extremely valuable. And, uh, and if it goes on long enough, like masculine, and feminine, mm-hmm. it comes back around, yeah. you know, and, uh, that's when, you know, you've really made something that sticks, you know? And I think that the, the thing about that masculine, and feminine, Uh, the reason why it sticks is because it was it was honest when it was made the reason why nobody remembers singles is because it wasn't honest right you know it's entertaining it was trying
0: to push all the buttons that you wanted to be pushed it was trying to it was trying to be nostalgic about the present
1: (laughs) exactly 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 which is a a consistent gen x problem right you know and the because uh, gen x uh,
0: gen x people I mean, look at that list. I'm sorry, but look at that list. There's nostalgic movies in that list, right? Brec- list, Breakfast yeah, Club sure. is a nostalgic, nostalgic film movie, yeah. for, no- for Gen Xers, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and, uh, like, and it's uh, and, uh, it's like, I, I like Breakfast Club. It's a pretty good movie. Um, but, like, that mindset uh, is no longer really true. Like it's not applicable at all. And it, and it, it's the root of some pretty bad decision making, in my opinion, yep. you know. And so like these like the, like it's movies like that that are trying to make you feel good about yourself in the moment yeah. that end up being obviously artificial later on. And movies that make you feel a little uncomfortable about yourself in the moment tend to be the ones that you will later look on and go, oh, yeah, still true now. Right. <laughs> Look at that. You know, yeah. and uh, and masculine and feminine really really hits that like on the nose for me.
0: Yeah. And the I mean, there's a couple of other things. Obviously, you can talk about the good dialness of it, but like it's it's so beautifully shot and so that's oh, gorgeous. You know. Yeah. And I love that. That's a style that I really love. Like, there's you know, there's lighting and lighting. Right. The, his lighting right. style is very very raw and somehow still mm-hmm. manages to be so rich
2: right oh yeah
1: and and like he's got this wonderful contrast to his black and white Mm -hmm. he's got this uh like very loose feel to his camera but he doesn't push it too hard Mm -hmm. uh to make it like jagged you know uh so it feels alive um and but his frames are just like these gorgeously composed seemingly accidental frames right and they're not accidental at all those are very thoroughly planned right but he lands in them so gently that you just go Suddenly, you're looking at this gorgeous painting on screen, essentially. That's the. And uh, uh, it's just flawlessly executed, especially in this one where it really goes for some very long character takes.
3: Criterion has got a lot of those uh, Melville films right now with. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You
3: watch Seven Samurai. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, um, Les Samurai. Les Samurai, yeah. Or The Circle Rouge, and those night shots are so gritty and grainy, and it's still amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's incredible stuff. I mean, or you you look at uh, what's the. Oh what's the what's the awesome film about the um the uh French resistance. Uh, what is that? Called? Oh, uh, Sh- Army of Shadows. Army of Army Shadows. Shadows yeah. Incredible, incredible look, you know. And like these things are like like uh, there's this sort of sweet spot because you look at uh, like you know most French New Wave um you know like like it was it was really defined I mean basically it's Francois Truffaut and Jean-Luc Godard. Mm. I mean there's there are other great filmmakers in that bunch but those are the two poles that it sort of right. operates around and Truffaut re- represents the mo- the more classical uh, school right. and uh, Godard represents the most cutting edge Gritty elements weirdness.
2: yeah
1: yeah, and like and you know like the his his movies are a little bit tougher um, tougher to sit just because they're so ja- they're just so like they're cutty and they're weird and, they're, and they're you don't also, know
0: they're also there to shock you right like Weekend is yep. there to shock you
1: Mm, yeah without a doubt you know, without a doubt your so. alphaville and yeah, stuff Alpha like this where, you know, all these really abrasive elements um but i'm really that's the kind of stuff that like it continue, like it was true when i was young and it's true now it's like it that abrasiveness uh uh gets under my skin in a very exciting way right and uh like it never because like i love Truffaut, uh but Truffaut's sort of like gentle mannerism you know, it's like, it's nice. You know, it's very comfortable to me. Whereas like, you know, it's hard to watch Breathless and not be shocked just by the camera work. Right. And the cutting is you know, like, it's just, you're just like, what the fuck am I watching all the time? Right.
0: Well, he does you know, that. He, d- he, does, he does. He does. He does. What's interesting about Masculine Feminine is he does that also, but he still manages to keep the story going. Right. So right. He, somehow right. you're still like, so he does, you know, like he, he breaks the, what's the. The editorial wall. plane, like he breaks the wall, yeah, so you're right. always like, wait, wait. They went through the door on the right, and it came out on the left, and like it doesn't well, make any
3: sense. Well, he crosses the line, yeah. but the still, there's a, there are moments where that girl with dark hair would look in the screen after he says something, like looking at you, right? And it's just like it, it's all over the place, but it's whole It's so beautiful. It's like but a, also,
0: there's things where he like. He'll hold the conversation. They're having a conversation, right? And he doesn't do a typical toothache. He just holds on the person.
2: That's right. And then yep. the
0: person's talking off camera, and all you're yeah, doing is beautiful. you're watching the person the whole time. It yeah. feels very, Woody Allen does the same thing, right? Yeah. But but he, but he just holds on the but person. Woody Allen like, took
3: from a lot of those guys. He yeah. loved them. And then and then oh, he yeah, also sure. leaves. Yep. Said so.
0: And then the dialogue is more predictable, and it's like mm-hmm. these long pauses between back and forths. Yep. and you know like the one where they're in the kitchen and he's asking her all these questions and she's like she's being very stern and she's it's really funny right and what i also right. thought was interesting he doesn't in the sound design where He'll have the music come up as if it's the end of the conversation. We're going to go to the next scene and cuts. Right, it. But then it goes right. back down it's, again, and then it just keeps <laughs> yeah, going. Exactly. Yeah, then yeah, he song does she And then he does it again. And he does it again.
1: it's like, yeah, that's so good. It's so good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, it's almost yeah, like he's, what the
3: fuck is going on? He with did music? that when he's walking <laughs> yeah, yeah. out. He says, "Will you marry me?" And she's like, "I'm in a rush, but let me get back to you on that." Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. it, so it starts with her yeah yeah song, and then. Yep. They cut and then it goes back to the music. And I was like, oh, that's genius.
2: Well, no, it's great. Think
3: about
1: great. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and even just things like him going, like, oh, look, look, look at that couple over there. I mean, she really looks like Bridget Bardot. It and is it is Bridget, Bridget Bardot. Bardot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Like, you're just like, what, what the fuck? What's happening? But that's
3: Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Woody Allen doing the Marshall McClellan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah
1: yeah yeah it's it's just terrific man and then you have uh, bardo's dialogue um uh you know l cut over the uh over the next sequence right you know and it's 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 incredible it's just incredible what he gets out of that thing and this is stuff that you know like it just became like so much of it became a normal part of everyday film language that we're both used to it like we're used to seeing that kind of stuff but when you see it in this context it's still shocking to me right you're like you don't expect to see it's like going back in time and seeing you know cavemen had laptops you're like whoa you could you could do that back then that's insane
2: right right
1: right you know and uh, and the nat- the the incredible naturalism of the performances, the, the frankness with which they talk about sex and all this stuff, where like you just don't imagine it seeing seeing it in this in this. And moment. that was also the
0: beginning of the sexual revolution a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of contraception and all that other stuff. Right. And I also thought it was hilarious. Like they and they did a lot with that character as he kept trying to flick the cigarette in his mouth. Right? He kept trying oh, to <laughs> up. he kept missing it.
1: So good, no, no, so good. Yeah.
0: And was like, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. yeah I, I really it was so great. I hadn't seen it in a long time. That was a really fantastic rewatch. Yeah. That was a, that's, I'm going to rewatch a bunch of Godard and off of that. I was like, it's uh, I need a little more Godard. My I also life thought it sure. was
0: hilarious. Like when they're sitting there and the, they're meeting at the cafe and they're have, trying to have a very serious adult political conversation. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And, and then they go, go check out her boobs.
3: You know? Yeah. So
0: good. But
3: that <laughs> is so exactly like the movie with McLovin. Remember? Where the, yeah, he goes yeah. inside and they're like, oh, she got a breast reduction, and then the brother both saying, oh, I gotta go see it, and they go run and do it. It's just sophomore. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, the things what's what's really great, what they don't, what people don't generally tend to do now, is that if that were done today, if that were like a Seth Rogan movie today, like it would be, it would really point out uh, their lasciviousness right. and the silliness of what they're doing. But Godard doesn't do that. No. Like he's just got like he's just like, no, this is the way that actual young men act. It, like it's but he also local.
0: makes it really funny.
1: Yeah, it's it's still very, it's funny, very funny. Without a doubt, and
0: he also does but the he, same he, thing when he's like when she's trying to pretend. I'll like, go get the car. You know, she's trying to pretend like she has oh, a chauffeur, yeah. and he's like. what? what the fuck you mean go get what the car. are you talking about yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then he's like okay and so he calls the minister of uh of war and says where the hell is our oh, car yeah. and then he, the yeah, car so suddenly good. appears out of nowhere he goes i didn't know which if it was like a- i didn't know if it was gonna work because we did the same thing to the minister of interior last week
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good dude i mean which is, which is a great way of like i mean it's a it's a silly gag but at the same time when they drive away you're like this is the next wave of politicians, and in actuality, right, right. you know, like like this is like they, they, these young people become the next yep. you know leaders of France, and you're seeing it happen, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like like and he does it in these deft little clever gags yeah. that you don't think about it. There's a, Roger Ebert said in his review of this, I read beforehand, like he he only gives it like three stars, but like it was a sixty six review, and he goes, you know, the thing about uh, Jean Luc Godard's movie isn't movies is that they always seem much better the next day mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was like
2: yes like when
1: you're watching it you're going you're going like what is happening right you and have only to digest like, it a
2: little bit you have to
1: think about it for right. a night and then the next day you're still thinking about the thing uh-huh. yeah it's really something man really really great but yeah thank you for that uh combo dude that yeah. was a really uh that was That's a choice i loved it yeah, yeah and absolutely. plus
0: you know i think we need a little bit of romance a little bit of love a little romance a little i like romance. Funky, that funky youth romance which is weird. No, a it's doubt. a weird way to to give you some funky youth romance because it's very tongue in cheek in some ways. Both of these yeah, are very tongue in cheek about yeah. that.
2: Yep, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because like
0: it, you know, Godard's film is, is 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 a very serious film with weird humor built into it, and then the other, you know, uh, Hairspray is a very funny film with weird seriousness, seriousness built, built in it. into it. Exactly,
1: and they're both. Yeah. That's a perfect perfect swap. <laughs> perfect swap so, nice work well. nice work
0: so uh, okay so let's start thinking about we should do the other one obviously I think Jaws is something Olivia wants to do now does, does would Olivia want to pair it
3: with Jaws I mean, like Jaws 4 like the good and the bad the ugly what went wrong? I don't know if I can Jaws watch four. three and no. four. Man, no. that's gonna be tough for me. Well, so, I'll ask
0: her. We'll figure, <laughs> we'll
2: figure it out. figure it out. Well, I'll
0: do Jaws one and two, or we can do Jaws paired with something else. Like if she wants to talk yeah, about we'll something. figure something
2: out. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: I would be, I would definitely be interested in uh, in Olivia and uh, Lily's okay. idea of things that we have not seen that they would like to show us. That would be that would be interesting to me. Yeah. Like like oh, like what is the, what's an anime that uh, that Lily, Lily would like to expose us to right. that uh, she and thinks and that all we the would kids really on.
3: dig. It would be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah I would really dig that.
0: It could be pretty gritty,
1: her stuff. I'm into it. So, I love it.
0: Um, but We'll have to think about the logistics. because I know like, I, I can use my, because I, I record everything through this mixer, so I can hook up another mic so Lily and I can be on. That's not going to be an issue, but you'll have to think about it on your end. Yeah,
3: we could just put one mic and she talks or I talks and... Or or mm. you, you you can, yeah. Well, we'll figure it out somehow.
1: Yeah, there's a way. There's a will, there's a there's well, way. Well, think about a
0: way that you can record the two of you guys over there. I'll talk to my tech there. team. Okay. They're, they're away for the Labor <laughs> Day weekend, it. but
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> when, no, that'd be yeah. awesome. I would definitely love to. I'd love to jambo that stuff. That'd be great. What are you guys going to be doing um,
0: this weekend, by the way? Besides staying indoors, this would probably help. <laughs>
1: lots of that yeah uh it's a million degrees out here so yes to that yeah you know? yeah um i'm uh i'm completing um my new short film
2: really?
1: uh and uh, which is uh which was almost done about a month ago and then i showed it to some people and they're like that is not done and i was like okay <laughs> so i reworked it and i have am so uh, basically i'm i'm extending it and uh Adding more materials to it, okay. Uh, but it is, but it's looking good. It's looking good. So I'm working on that, and um, I, I still working part time or uh, currently, no. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking for the new thing. I've, I'm spending like we're spending a lot of time, a lot of COVID time trying to figure out, um, the you know, what, uh, what the next step is, um, because the. Uh, the VFX industry is is certainly absent right now. And well, it's going it's, to change it's, into it's, something it's, else. It's
0: like it's, it's, yes, it is yes. It's definitely going to change into something else. Because it's yeah. either it's either it's either completely cold with these random very hot spots.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Because right.
0: the minute something has the ability or, or needs the effects it needs a lot of it because they want to get it out all right once. away they need to get it out right, right away so it needs right. a lot of work so right so like you know like my my wife hasn't been working for five months and suddenly now she's in overtime almost double overtime you know, wow. you know? right and so it's like because they're trying to get all this stuff out because they're like it's got to get yep. out because they, they, they want to monetize on it right away you
1: know right yeah um, yep. So, yeah the situation is very weird man and it, it's and very weird
0: th- not none of it is going, or stuff in theaters is is not really a thing anymore. But I think like yeah, Mulan a, just Mulan just came out on in
1: on Disney on Disney right? Disney Plus. Yep, yeah. if you have Disney Plus, it's free. It's thirty bucks if you want to see it through any other media.
0: Okay. That's like yeah. three months of Disney Plus. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly
1: right. But uh, but even then, I was I was talking about this with some friends. I was like, "That's really because I think Disney was originally going to have you pay an extra thirty bucks on top of yeah. having Disney Plus." Um, but it shows that uh, what they really are desperate for is subscribers. Right, They want subscribers. So yeah, yeah. so that's,
0: that's we should that's also their ploy. do.
3: I'd love to get subscribers
0: are way more valuable, way more valuable than ticket sales.
3: Yeah, way yeah. yeah.
0: Go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Yep. I no,
3: like, yet. do a, a non... Uh, like, just get together like this and just talk, because uh, I'm in the same boat you are, Dan. So I'd love to hear your feedback. Well, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just non well, we recorded it.
3: Can, we don't record it, but
0: we just talk. We can, well, we, there's a lot of things we can... I
1: mean, I'll f- still record it and put it out secretly, yeah, and I'll tell I, you guys. That's your as, style. As
0: that's your style. I know. Comments Yeah. You know, if you guys have... Uh, how I don't know how late you're... Because I know you're on the East Coast now, Eric, for a little bit. Uh, but um, But I can... I'm up late. Do you see my studio? Yeah. How late are you up? Oh, God. 12, 1. Okay. So, so all right. so, so uh, Look like, at that. Nice. I love
1: it. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Right? High ceiling. It's lovely. And so it's, it's, you guys
3: it's three floors. Nice you know, the it's only three thing cars. we report
1: to the audience is that you have an Amelie poster, and that means class. Yeah. That's a nice Do you poster. You know,
3: I ordered this when it first came out for a small one, and that's a folded one.
1: That is a big one. That's a big sheet. That's a
3: folded one and I got it free because the guy, I ordered a small one and it was the first days of, not the first days, but I ordered it through, um, you know, what's it called again, eBay. And the guy was a French poster dealer and he's like, you didn't get it? And I said, no. And he's like, all right, uh, don't worry. He returned my money and he sent me (laughs) this and it's original folded. And that was like 2000, 2001. That's wow. no,
1: great. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great I have one. a
3: Miles Davis like that, uh, a huge one that I got from uh, when I was living in Italy. So it's from the '80s. But uh, yeah, you know, um, I'll be back. I think first week of October. But I'd love to sit and talk with you guys because I'm in the same boat, non-panicking. Yep. But you know,
1: well, yeah, I think that the uh, I'm my myself. I'm looking for a way uh out of vfx and into making things all the time and so far i've been making things all the time which is good
3: i've been doing that Uh, but i need to get a little bit of work you need to make money doing that i need
1: to make money making things all the time and that's the big step Um, male
3: prostitute uh, i could try but i don't know
1: yeah i think you got it i think i still got got it i got it i still got it it, you know
3: 30 bucks is 30 bucks dan you know
1: that's right man every every little bit helps every little little bit helps helps. um true
3: yeah, let's do that, Chris. If you want to organize it. Yeah, I can do. We can do a Zoom or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would like to spend at least a few hours just talking about this Bowie list.
0: Oh, isn't it beautiful?
1: <laughs> it is lovely. We can go indeed. through
0: that. You guys can totally talk about
3: that. But I'd love uh, to just yeah, find out like what you're to thinking. save
0: our audience from. from yeah, but I would love to
3: talk to you guys about what you guys are thinking, and I, and likewise me. You know, it's not like I'm giving up the creative endeavors, but it's just you know. It's you got to just kind of think and move and.
0: You know what was interesting was on the, when we did a 24 hours of chaos thing. As I was on there for, I'd say at least 18 or 19 hours of that 24 hours, is that the same people were? There were some people that were that stayed on the whole time as well, like constantly, and they were on the chat and and Twitch or or YouTube or whatever, and we're just having conversations about like it's it's like we were hanging out for 24 hours with these people and it yeah, was really kind right. of fun you know yeah and yep. and then it was like oh, it, somehow i did not expect i was like this it just i felt like well it's gonna be a logistic nightmare just tell me when to show up and i will i will get the speakers or whatever you need to do but i just didn't i didn't think it was gonna be i thought I was i was just thinking more of the logistics of a 24-hour event mm-hmm. but when yep. it actually happened i was like this was really cool
2: yeah. So right on, dude. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, certainly, like I, th- I would love it. I don't know if it's possible, but I would love it if Martina Giant looked at like doing a screening of a movie via. Oh, Prime I think and that would be I so yeah. awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's if I, I, may, I may be wrong about how this works, I would love it. Why don't that, you look you, into you could it? Do yeah. I'll, yeah, look into I, it. Will I will do, do
3: that, that as well because I think it would be great because when we're it if would we do be, a Twi- you're basically what we're talking about is a Twitch that's right. channel if we're together and something's playing, of a movie, we will riff like we're next to each other in Culver City.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That'd be It'll so, be so much
3: hilarious. Fun. Be so much fun. And then yeah, we can I'm just drink, 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 and get so <laughs> drunk. So <laughs> just like sloppy, throw beautiful. up and just like I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'll probably like
1: three valium before we start yep. and just like you got to mix it's, those it's antidepressants
3: nice. with the alcohol, and then that really <laughs> gets the funny
1: it. level up. That's the This is so what you guys see on the last one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did. our, our did.
0: did our little previously on on Martini Giant episode because we just released the what's it called. Um, uh, the Jesse James one, mm-hmm. and uh, I, on the previously one, it was with uh, the Close Encounters, and I and I added Eric's quote of like. Uh, Xanax and Chardonnay equals good podcast. <laughs>
3: but it also but it also sounds like a funk band at a wedding. Yeah.
0: Xanax Xanax and Chardonnay.
3: Chardonnay. Let's get the bride and groom on the dance floor. We're Xanax and Chardonnay from Burbank. Wow 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 wow. I got the soul. Everybody, come on, dance. Yeah.
1: Agreed. 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 All right. That All right. was awesome. All
3: right. Very good choice. It was beautiful. And then let's cool. get together and then we could talk about the next movie too.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll figure it out
3: for sure. And I'll make with you
0: guys for sure. That's fun.
1: And everybody else, please hit us up on Twitter at the address that I mentioned before. We are at relatively
0: attractive. Ki- at Martinij- I almost said at Chaos group. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> at martini Giant at is on Twitter and Instagram is at, uh, at martini underscore giant. Uh, Facebook is martini giant. And our email is podcast at MartiniGt.com. And don't forget to go no. to Martinigiant.com and check out our gallery section, where all you can see all the amazing Photoshop work that Eric has done to incorporate us into all the incredible films that we are talking about today. I actually A think prodigious that, amount. I can't wait to see us in hairspray and No, hoha. Uh, okay. after me now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Dar. Eric, I'm going to ask you You're going to, to be a match waiter. the grain on masculin, feminine. I know, I will. Match the grain. <laughs> okay. Because it's important. Yes.
1: Très important. Très important. Yeah, yeah. Très important. <laughs> Très important. That's the best I'm going to do today.
0: Mas- mas- how do you say it? Masculin. Feminine. 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 Oh, that was good, Eric. Oh, feminine. Feminine. No, no, no. Feminine, no feminine, feminine, feminine. There you go. Feminine. <laughs> Johnny Holiday. Johnny, Holiday. Johnny Holiday. Johnny Holiday. Who's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, right, love, I love, her singing style too when she's in the studio. No, she was a real like, singer. I know.
1: Yeah, she said. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's really, she yeah, she yeah. called a Yeah that Yeah, very, yeah that
0: Girl. It's very yeah. various, like. Ah, love that style and and how you Wes
1: Anderson
0: Anderson
1: uses that all the time when you see
0: when you see him like walk into the studio and what it just sounds like raw without all the treatment it was just like
1: yeah ah, oh it's amazing he was just (laughs) like
3: in Rushmore where he puts the bees in the room it's the same dude absolutely and he goes into the studio and he's annoying people it's the same thing
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, they, they, you're right. The
3: Rushmore character and him
0: are there's a lot of similar, similarities. very so similar. Even
3: the way he uses the pinball machine and the guy comes out with a knife. It was him. Yeah, ham- yeah. It's just like man, that's his style. And the way the music came on, on the dolly, yeah. that moment, boom.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. And in uh, in Rushmore, uh, that uh, Max plays uh, what is it? da 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 da. Like it's classic, like mid '60s French stuff. It's hysterical. I love it. Yeah, also like
0: the, the 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 interstitials with a would a would a subtitle yeah, the subtitle but the, the titles come yeah. up. Yeah,
3: and know. that <laughs> and guess what? that is yeah, so. yeah, guess what? That's <laughs> Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, that's right. right.
3: Almost right. the same font. Yeah, you're
1: right. Basically, what we're saying is that Jean-Luc Godard is the Einstein yep. of, of filmmaking, and he figured it all out. He at once. figured it all. <laughs> he figured it all out at once, which is why it's so
0: awkward. People just took pieces of it, yeah. and made it exactly. make sense. Well, that's the thing. But like, with uh, him, he just threw it all together, and because it's all mixed together, it's like having you know, but the like little, a, like a, like character a, like a Martin, stuff
1: yeah. in that yeah, where it's like Scorsese, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, all jammed together in one big sushi roll heads and stuff like having
0: apple pie and california roll shoved
3: in your mouth at the same time it doesn't make sense there's something within the whole composition Uh, when i was an art student uh, uh, in undergrad living in italy i had a painter friend of mine and he used to just go up close with a magnifying glass Mm -hmm. to like even like pollux in new york or he'd go to like a superon in spain just a little chunk, and that's it. He would steal that idea and use that for an abstract or something. And it was just that's all. You that's need. all but that's the thing. He's like, and that's when I felt like there are little nuggets of characters there that the people just like. Man bites dog. He took some of those scenes where he's just being flippant and violent, right? Yep. And he said, "That's my whole movie." Do yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You take like uh, thirty seconds of Breathless and then make it into a Man Bites Dog, and then, which is no no diss against Man Bites Dog, which is also oh, awesome.
0: No. There was a there was an artist, uh speaking of Pollock and, and magnifying glass, there's a there's an artist here in Burbank who runs a local TV repair shop. Um mm-hmm. and he had an exhibit at one of the local places here. And it, all of his art is just one big uh uh pun joke. It's all yeah. about puns. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had a thing that was like Jackson Pollock paint by numbers, and it was literally like a giant Jackson Pollock thing. And then you know like the last you know, eighth of it on one corner was just traces of lines with little numbers. So you'd like paint in the, the <laughs> you'd paint in like a paint by numbers thing. Yeah. Where you're painting right. in a Jackson Pollock by, by number one. By <laughs>
2: <That's so good. laughs>
0: and then he had another one where it was these, these, these rubber chickens. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were all like attached to like these giant springs everywhere. <laughs> and so it was like a spring chicken. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Spring chicken, and then
0: he had he had another one where it was done as uh, as uh, like a like a table, like a little table, and then these elaborate slippers that were set up around the table, but only on one side. So it was like the Last Slipper instead of the Last Supper. Like it, it, there was, <laughs> oh, it, it, was just, it was just they all it was just nonstop. It was basically just one thing after another. It was hilarious. But I remember the, the Jackson Pollock paint by numbers was. Really funny, really
1: funny. See you now, I, I feel so much better about um, my uh, Zardoz movies that I've been making. So, like uh, dumb, dumb jokes, I'm all for them.
3: Uh, <laughs> I used to it, like it's total indie film. Moment. I used to when I worked in Soho at art galleries in the '80s and early '90s. I have somebody I still know, but he used to work for Pollock's wife. And um, mm. he uh, Lee Krasner, and uh, that, yeah, that must have been fun. And he had oh, I found it. I found a the paint.: He had a whole bunch of black T-shirts that were Jackson's, and so sometimes uh, he would show up to gallery and I'd be like, "Is that Jackson's shirt?" And he's like, yeah. "Is that Jackson's sweat stain?" No, it was like his black T-shirts with a little bit of paint <laughs> right. on them, I and mean, he wear it right, with a sport coat, right, right. and then he'd be like, wink, I'd be like, ah. <laughs> I, I posted.
0: I posted. It's on. It's on. I Pinterest, see it. Yeah, the Jackson Pollock paint by numbers. It's really funny. I'll check
3: it out. All right, guys.
1: <laughs> That's great. Look at that. <laughs> it's, it's really stupid, but it's really hilarious. All That's right. really good. This I love. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Thank you.
0: Be safe. Right, so hold a little, on. Little We're going to have to do our, t- our, 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 our 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 sign out, and then you guys are going to have to stick around for at least 10 more seconds. So that you sure got it. All, done. all right. Are you ready? Drink.
2: Talk. Drink. Drink.